theyeshiva.net. We start a new Mishnah today, the second Mishnah of Rosh Hashanah. Daf Tezayin Amud Aleph on the top. You got it? Tezayin Amud Aleph on the top. The Me'iri was one of the Rishonim who, in his commentary on Gemara, he always looks to explain the structure, how things are organized, how ideas are structured and organized in every Mesechta. So the Me'iri says over here that the first Mishnah explains that there are four Rosh Hashanahs. The first of Nisan, the first of Elul, the first of Tishrei, and then the first of Shvat or the 15th of Shvat. And the Mishnah said that the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for a few different things. <coughs> for Shemitah, for Yoival, for Shanim, for years, for saplings, for Yerakas, for vegetables. Malachim. That's Nisan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shanim is explained, the Malachim, according to one opinion. Yeah. So it's a Rosh Hashanah for a few different things. Now the Mish- this Mishnah is going to explain and go back to the Echad B'Tishrei Rosh Hashanah. It's, in other words, it's plucking out one of the four Rosh Hashanahs, the first of Tishrei, which is really what we call Rosh Hashanah. And it's going to discuss that this Rosh Hashanah of the first day of Tishrei is the time of judgment, the time of reckoning for all human beings. And thus, the Mishnah is also going to discuss the different times of judgment and reckoning for all aspects of the world during the year. Barba Prakim, four times of the year, four chapters. Four seasons of the year, Ha'olam Nidai. Does the world get judged? In Pesach, the world gets judged for the grain. The quality, the fabric, the nature of the grain. Batseris, which is Shvuas, the world gets judged, not for grain, but for the fruits of the tree. And of course, they were referring to. Our vocabulary, the first day of Tishrei is All those who enter the world, meaning all human beings who walk the world, who walk the face of the planet, pass before him. is a very interesting expression, and the Gemara is going to explain what that means. What does it mean we pass before him? Rashi says, the Gemara is going to explain these words. <coughs> the Pasik says in Tehillim, which means, the one who creates their hearts, the hearts of all people, the one who creates the hearts of all humanity, in other words, Hashem, he understands, maven, he understands all of their deeds, all of their activities. And this is the concept of judgment on Rosh Hashanah, that he's, since he created their heart, he's maven al kol He understands everything they're doing. I think libom, on libom. I think libom. And of course... Why is this Pasuk brought? Why is this Pasuk brought here? Rashi says, 
The Ritva says, the Rishonim say, that from the word Hayotzer Yachad Libam, it sounds like the Maven is connected to the first half, to the Yotzer. When did Hashem create the heart of man? He created the heart of man on Rosh Hashanah. Adam and Chava were created on Rosh Hashanah. So that's the time when he's Maven al Kol Maaseya. He understands, he looks deeply into all of their deeds. Which, by the way, also gives a certain perspective on what it means that he judges. Often when we hear the word judges, right, you say somebody judges you, who wants to be judged? We don't like being judged. Yeah. But what about if the one who judges you created your heart and he's maven al kalma sayyam? In other words, he knows everything about you, including all the pain, all the struggles, all the challenges, everything you go through. Everything that's inside, as much as you know, and even more, because he's Yotzeh Yachid Mamivin Al-Kol We love to be judged by such people. If somebody could really understand everything, everything, everything going on, your entire past, your entire present, all of your experiences. We don't like to be judged, because most judgment is superficial. You know, I look at you, you don't fit into my box, I judge you. What if someone understands that all of your pain and everything you go through and all of you I don't look at your mice he's maven I'll call maven I'll call means you understand the oymek of all the mice so then it's a whole different type of perspective yeah 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 ubechag on Yom Tif we say in davening ki hu yada yitzreinu he knows our yitzreinu he knows the other Yitzhak. He knows your Yitzhak. It's not like uh, it's coming from a place of uh, of, uh, of ignorance, of superficiality. So that's Rosh Hashanah. And finally, Bechag, which means Sukkis, on Yom Tov Sukkis. is always called Joschag. Nidoinin al Hamayim. The world gets judged on the water, on the nature of the water of the coming year. So we have the four seasons, Pesach for the grain, Shavuos for the fruits, Rosh Hashanah, all of humanity, and Sukkot, Al Hamayim, all of the water. Zag the Gemara. So, yeah, what happens? Uh, right. Sorry. What's the gate to the, you're saying the water itself, because what happens to the person? So, in, unless it's talking about the clown, not the Yochid. What? Huh? Right. So the Ran, that's what the Ran says. The Ran asks this question. The Ran here, Rabbi Nisim, says, if Rosh Hashanah, the person is being judged, so what do you have other judgments for? Part of what does it mean a human being being judged is everything, including what, what his fields are going to look like, what his crop is going to look like, what his trees are going to look like, what his water is going to look like. So already you have all the other judgments. The water is also tied into the other two. Of course, right. Mm-hmm. The Tfuah needs water and the Pedasila needs water. That's what I'm saying. So he's going to be the one that... Uh... So what does the Ram say? So the Ram says that the other times is for the Klal. And how much water there's going to be, how much grain there's going to be, how many Pedasila there's going to be. Rosh Hashanah is individually for every human being. Not just on the collective so entity. So when does, when does the judgment happen on... on Oh, that's going to be the discussion now. Right. Which Pesach is it? That's going to be the discussion now. That's what the Gemara is going to discuss right now. 
after it's sold, after the person that they made his money, who's going to eat it? It's out there, but not it's out there. Perhaps. That's on the tvu itself. Zog the Gemara. Hey, Tvua. You say the first thing is Pesach. Pesach, judge, the world is judged on the grain. Hey, Tvua. Which grain? What's the question? Which grain? The grain. Now, the Gemara says there's a problem here. Because let's remember, all grain is planted usually in the winter months before Pesach. And it gets ripe and harvested in the spring. Right? Aviv, the season of Pesach and after Pesach. But you have different types of grains. You have, for example, you have chito sa'ir is, is, is wheat and barley, then you have kusman is spelt, and you have shibayla shul is oats, and shifin is rye. Wheat, rye, and spelt are grain that grow very slowly. So they're usually planted in Eretz Yisrael and Cheshman, right at the beginning of the winter, because they grow very slowly. Barley grows much faster, so it's planted in the month of Shvat or in the month of Adar, because it much grows fast. So the problem here is, when the grain is being judged on Pesach, the grain already grew. Pesach already, the grain grew, whatever type of grain, whether it's grain that grows slowly or grain that grows fast. It's already standing in its stalks, Pesach time. Chodesh Aviv. Aviv means the time when it's, it's ready, it's ripe, and you have to harvest it. So now we're learning that on Pesach the Tfu is being judged. So the Gemara says, hey Tfuwa. Which grain is being judged? the Kaima. If you're talking about the tfuah that exists, in other words, the grain that was planted in the fields before Pesach in the winter, and now finally it's still connected to the earth, and it's waiting to be harvested. So right now there's a judgment on this grain. Fregdi Gemara, a very interesting expression here. Kolhani harftiki da'adu Allah emas itidun. All the harftikais, all the, all the, what does he teach harftikai? all the experiences, all the challenges that the grain went through. When was it judged? The grain goes through a lot from when it was planted until it grew. Yeah, he's judging it on Pesach. For us, in terms of eating the tfuah, the action starts after Pesach. But the tfuah went through a whole experience. He says, Kol harftiki. How does he touch harftiki? Okay, all of the occurrences that went through on the, what the, this grain endured, Amos itidun. When was it judged? Allah, you have to say, We're talking about the grain that's going to be planted the next winter. In other words, Pesach, the judgment on the grain, is not the grain that's now in the field. That grain was judged a long time ago. That grain was judged a year ago. We're talking about the grain that's going to be planted after six months, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Next winter, Pesach is judged. That's Pshat. So therefore, the entire entity of the grain is judged. In other words... Judgment is not just the final reckoning of what's going to happen with this tfuah. It's the whole experience of what each stalk of grain and spelt and oat and rye goes through in the earth. Its whole process, even that which is not visible to us, completely not visible to us, that's also part of it. Just like with a person, it's maven al-kol ma'aseh. Why are you done on Pesach? Why don't it, you Good question. What's up is Pesach with the grain? Yeah. And, and what's the source for this mission? The Gemara is going to discuss that. What's the source and what? The Gemara says, one second. You're assuming the Chad Dinim Misdana, that all the grain is judged once on Pesach before it's planted. Everything that's going to happen to it is judged, including its harvesting, 
even if the harvesting is after the next Pesach. In other words, it's judged on Pesach for the whole year, including what happens after Pesach, because it's harvested after Pesach. Tanya, we learned a brais, interesting brais. Don't confuse this with the word keri that's usually used. Grain that has a keri, which basically means an accident. For example, there is a major storm, a major tsunami, uh, a borod, uh, hail comes down, icicles come down. Oinus, that's a heavenly, uh, a heavenly accident. Or oinus is bideyadam. You have a war, and they come into the soldiers, troops come into fields, and they destroy, they destroy all the crop, all the grain. Or adam sheira bikeri oinus, or a person who experiences an accident from heaven, or an oinus basically in the hands of another person. Kaidem yaimakipurim. If it's kaidem yaimakipurim, if it's before yim kipur. Then it's Nidin Lishavar. Then it's from the judgment of the previous year, from the previous Yom Kippur. Achiyem Akipurim, if it was after Yom Kippur, Nidin Lahaba. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. Koydem Pesach, if it happened before Pesach, in other words, the grain was affected, was damaged, was destroyed, either by a heavenly occurrence or by a human occurrence, before Pesach, Nidin Lishavar. It means that it was judged from the previous Pesach. In other words, before it was planted, from the previous Pesach it was judged. Achira Pesach. That which happens after Pesach. When it's already fully grown, this means that this event was a result of the grain being judged for the future after it was planted. In other words, this year's Pesach. The same is thing, Adam Shire by if it's Kaidim Yemakipurim, Lidin Lushavar. It's from the last Yom Kippur. It's a result of Nidin La'aba, of Yom Kippur this year that just passed. ברד, if it happened, let's say, in the middle of Shvat, something happens to the field, it came from last Pesach. If it happened after Pesach, yeah, before harvesting, or after harvesting, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, one second. Nidin l'sha, when it comes to a person, it happened last Yom Kippur. L'haba, b'yayim ha-kippurim sh'avar, achshav b'karev. L'haba doesn't mean the next Yom Kippur. L'haba means this most recent Yom Kippur, the next Yom Kippur, yeah. V'chein l'ashin mishtam ha-mesechten adarim rashi says, koinam, I make a neder. Koinam means I make a vow. Yayin she'eni toyim chaydash zeh, asr b'chal ha-chaydash kula. I'm not going to taste wine this month. I'm also the whole chedesh. V'rish chedesh lahaba hu'rish chedesh sha'avar ata bekarif. When we say the next rish chedesh, it's rish chedesh that just passed. In other words, let's say it's beis. This is called rish chedesh lahab. Or meshum de kari lahu is shtaket sha'avar kari lahayda lekamei lahaba. Rashi says lahaba means the future, not the past. But he says since, since the past yom kippur, we're calling last year's yom kippur. So the new yom kippur we call the next year's yom kippur. It doesn't mean the next. It's, it's already passed. Let's say something happens to somebody in Cheshvan. It means this most recent Yom Kippur, which is the next Yom Kippur after the one from the previous year. Instead of? 
So the Gemara is going to discuss that Rosh Hashanah is the judgment and the chasimah, the sealing is on Yom Kippur. Tosfus. Tosfus. Yeah, the Maisa with Brachus, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. We'll soon learn. Yeah. So, what's the issue here? The issue here is the Gemara assumed that there's one din on the grain. So, the Gemara had a question: If there's one din, if there's one judgment on the grain, yeah, and you judge it on Pesach, what happened to the six months of the grain before that? When does that get? It? When does that get into an account? Oh, so the Gemara answered: It's for the year before. Yeah. So, in other words, the Gemara is assuming that there's one judgment for grain. So, the year before Pesach, it's for all the future grain. So, the Gemara, but from this Braisa, we see it's not like that. There's the judgment till Pesach, which comes from the previous Pesach. And then there's what happens after Pesach, which comes from this Pesach. So, our assumption, which made us change our understanding, is based on an error, it seems. Again, our assumption is that every batch of grain from beginning to end, gets judged once. Okay? So we had a problem. It can't be on Pesach. Why? Because Pesach, you already missed much of the grain. When did that grain, when was that grain considered? So we went to the previous Pesach. And we assume the previous Pesach, the whole future of the grain is judged. Granted. Looks good. But the Braise tells us something else. The Braise says you actually have to split. What happened to the grain till Pesach was judged last Pesach. What happened to the grain after Pesach was judged this Pesach. The same grain, yeah. It's like the same person. Like the same person. Like the same person. Like the same person. The grain is also a person. Huh? How do I don't know anything about this. The bri- you want to know how the Bryson knows? Okay, that's a good question. That's a fair question. Same question as on the Mishnah. How does the Mishnah know when the grain gets judged? The Gemara is going to ask that. It's a good question. Oh, okay. No, so therefore the whole question of the Gemara... The question of the Gemara, therefore, doesn't make sense. The Gemara said, when does the grain get judged? If it's Pesach, it already passed. No, this part got judged before last Pesach. I think what he's asking, who knows the judgment is. If he gets a good year, doesn't mean the next year is getting a good year. Right, because a, a human being excels. Uh, the grain is meant to cover every year. What is this? I don't like do it anything. But the price is yeah, set. The middle of the law is great. The price, uh, how do you see the price uh, talking about the same grain? Let's see. The Gemara is going to explain. Oh, my Rava, so Rava says, Shema Mino. From this Braisa you see, that when the Mishnah says, Pesach, you get judged for the grain, every grain gets judged twice. It gets accounted for twice. What do we mean? Once before it's planted, on the previous Pesach, and once after it's planted, or after it's planted, and it grows on Pesach, and after Pesach, that gets judged. Pesach of this year. That's the Gemara's question. Rashi says, dinim is done, One is before planting. In other words, last year's Pesach, which is going to be six, seven months or more before planting. And then, Samach I guess the question And then after it grew, right before it gets harvested, which means the next Pesach, same when like it's already growing. Huh? Same like a person. A person is not a new person every Rosh Hashanah. Yes, he is, because it changes his mouth. Well, how he behaves. 
A grain doesn't change the laws. I'm a grain, that's it. Every grain goes through many experiences. It grows up. There's infancy. Because of the people. There's infancy. There's childhood. Right, this teen age and this maturity. But the grain doesn't have an option to change itself. It doesn't have. First of all, how do you know what grain? You know, I'm saying plants have a ganze world in them. It's not today. We look. We look at plants very superficially. There's a lot going on in plants. The secret world of plants. Secret world of trees. Let's say not a choice. I don't know. I don't know about their choices. They don't have choices like we have choices. But there's a whole. Well, there's an inner an inner system. It's understandable why human can be judged even twice a year it's, or every day. Judge the tefuah doesn't mean we're judging them for Aved as they did. I told you you have to understand judging different. When we speak about judging, it's like I judge you. I'm uh, it's very I, negative. I have a puzzle. Judgment here means I look into your essence and I examine mm. what is the best thing. For you, in order to fulfill your mission in this world, that has to do with everything in the world. Does judge doesn't mean that the grain uh, get at Lashnara that year? Yeah. Or took off the strimal. Good for the nation. It says Ayom Harasulam, and it says he's even a fish in the middle of the ocean yeah. that's tittering. Yeah. Why? Because his judge is going the to fish die. The fishman had a grain. They're more than us. No, he's asking, what is judging? The, what did the grain do? What the grain do? How can you judge? I'm saying judge doesn't mean punishment. Right, of course. That, that doesn't uh, right. behave properly, the grain is judged <laughs> disfavorably. But the fish is not judged based on people, it seems. You're saying the fish itself. There's a judgment relative to the world, relative to what we're going to benefit and not, right? Which is really the Rosh Hashanah element. That's what the Ran says. How it relates to me. Yeah, what fish am I going to get? What fish am I not going to get? What trees am I going to get? What trees? What my crop is going to look like? What my field is going to look like, etc. And then there's Lagabi, the world itself. They say a mice. I don't know. It's one of these legends that the Beis Halevi woke up his son Reb Chaim as a little bit as a little child for slichus early in the Elul. And it was Mamish before dawn, and it was very cold in Eastern Europe. And uh, he says, come five minutes, we have gained in Shulfus Lichus. So five minutes later he comes, and his boy is still sleeping. So he says, I feel the fish in Vasat Sitterin. The fish in the water are trembling during the days of Slichus. So he says, Father, if the fish were covered over in a blanket, in a comfortable bed like me, they also wouldn't tremble, yeah? Okay. So Abaye says, Hilchach therefore, when a person sees the middle of the winter, that the Zara, the success, the Tfua, the grain that is being delayed and becoming ripe. In other words, the wheat and the spelt, which it takes longer for it to become ripe, which he already planted at the beginning of the winter because it grows slowly. So when he sees that this Tfua, Zara Afla means 
the grain that is late. Afla means mu'ukhar, it's late. When he sees that the late grain, what do we mean by late grain? You have fast grain, early grain, and you have late grain. In other words, it takes them more to develop. When you see success, when you see hatzlacha, matzlach, in this grain, this means that the tefuah was judged well last Pesach. So, likadim velizr charfa. So then, don't wait. In the middle of the winter, in Chayrif, you should hasten with Zvizus, you should plant the next grain. In other words, the grain that grows fast, which is barley. Usually, you wait till the end of winter. You know why? The Adam Matil So that before the time of its judgment comes, which is Pesach, Kadim Salik, it already started to grow. It already started to grow. Chaparain in. Chaparain, the good judgment. That's Abaya's advice. Zokrashi. Wheat and koisemes, koisemes is usually translated as spelt, which is planted in the month of Cheshven, because they don't get ripe so fast, so it takes them quite a few months throughout the winter. And you see Hatzlocha in these grains, Barley grows fast and it gets ripe fast. Most people plant barley in Eretz Yisrael and Shvat and other, in other words, at the end of the winter. Since the late grain was successful, it was judged last Pesach beneficially. Thus, Seize the moment. Carpe diem, yemaher lizroya bizriya Or as the Haggai Sabach says, bizriya You should hasten and plant all the grain, including the, the barley, bizriya meaning the next season. Don't delay it till the end. Why? The Adam Matil and Medaini, the Pesach Abba, Kadam Salik, it already came out, the Gadol Ktsaz, the Yemaher Shuvle is Kalkil. It sounds like what I buy is advice. Can you apply it to anything else? Only drink. Nice performance. What must we do? The disclaimer. Yeah. My must this. Who is the Tan of our Mishnah? What's the problem? Lord of Mayor, Lord of Yehuda, Lord of Yosi, Lord of Nosson. We have elsewhere four views of four Tanayim, Reb Meir, Reb Yudir, Reb Yosir, Reb Nosan, and it seems that all of them are inconsistent with our Mishnah. The Tanya, we have a Braisa, Hakal, Nedoyne, Rosh Hashanah. Everything and everybody is judged on Rosh Hashanah. A person, grain, fruits, water. And their decree is sealed on Yom Kippur, Divide Reb Meir, this is the view of Reb Meir. Everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah and confirmed and sealed on Yom Kippur. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no. Hakal nidoyne b'Rosh Hashanah. Everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah. Ugzardin sholem, nechtam kalechad vechad v'zmanoy. But the verdict is sealed each thing in its own time. Meaning, Pesach halatvua. Pesach, the decree gets sealed and confirmed on great. Ba'atzer yashvu is halpei resilon on fruits of the tree. 
they get judged on the water. For Adam, besides the human being, he's judged on Rosh Hashanah, and his verdict is sealed on Yom Kippur. In other words, Reb Yehuda, unlike Reb Meir, Reb Meir says everybody is Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, everybody and everything. Reb Yehuda says no, everything is on Rosh Hashanah, but the ultimate Gzardin, everything has a different season. The person is Yom Kippur, the Tfu is, the, is Pesach, the Peir is Ashruas, and the water is Sukkot. Reb Yehuda, how is he connecting the Mishnah? We'll see in a moment. We'll see in a moment. Reb Yehuda, Reb Yehuda says, a person gets judged every single day. Shenema, the Pasuk says in Iyoiv, you remember him every morning. Tifkidenu from the word you remember him each each morning, every morning. In other words, every morning the person is wrecked. Person gets judged every moment. Every moment. the Pasuk says there in Iyoiv, You're boichin him, you examine him. By seconds. It's the same posse. The posse says in Iyav, Perek Zayin, Vatifkidenu lifkarim, lirigoyim tifchanenu. You remember him mornings, you examine him by seconds. Now when we say kol shah, it doesn't mean every hour, every 60 minutes. It means kol shah means every every moment, continuously. Yeah, Every reg. This is the b'raisa. This is the end of the b'raisa. Now if we analyze this b'raisa, can our Mishnah be consistent with Reb Meir? No. Reb Meir says everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah. Our Mishnah says that person, grain, fruits, and water get judged four different seasons of the year. You might say our Mishnah follows Reb Yossi, Reb Nossim, But it can't, because they say that a person gets judged every day or every moment. Our Mishnah says that a person gets judged on Rosh Hashanah. What about Reb Yehuda? According to Reb Yehuda, even though he holds that a person and grain and fruits and water gets judged different seasons of the year. Rabbi Yudha says that's only the Gzardinam. It's only the ultimate verdict. But the judgment itself, he also says happens on Rosh Hashanah like Rabbi Meir. Our Mishnah says, that the judgment itself happens the four seasons of the year. So here the Gemara struggles, which Tana authored our Mishnah? Who is behind our Mishnah? Perhaps you're going to say our Mishnah follows Rabbi Yudha. When the Mishnah says four chapters, four seasons, the world gets judged, it doesn't mean the initial judgment, it means the ultimate verdict. That is sealed on the four seasons of the year. But the judgment itself begins for everything on Rosh Hashanah that would follow Rabbi Yehuda. Everything is Rosh Hashanah, including grain, fruits, and water, and of course a human being. The difference is just the that would work with our Mishnah. However, it would still be a problem with a person. Why? Because our Mishnah, you said, is talking about Gzardin. So a person, the Mishnah should have said, is Nidan B'yem Kippur. But it says a person is Nidan B'yem Shoshana. In other words, you're not talking about Gzardin. You're talking about the initial judgment. But the initial judgment then of the others is not Rosh Hashanah. It's Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So it's inconsistent with Rabbi Yehuda. So we have a problem. In other words, we have no issue with saying that our Mishnah is talking about the final judgment. For the other ones, and that would work with Rabbi Yehuda very well. But you can't split the Mishnah in half, it seems, and say that the Adam is Nidoin. And the rest, you're talking about Gzardin. You have to be consistent. Amar Ravi Ravi said, Hai Tana Debe Rabbi You're right. Our Mishnah 
is following the view of the Tana, who comes from the Beis Medrash, the Yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmael, the Tana Debe Rabbi Yishmael. We learned in Abraisa, taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmael. Four times of the year the world is judged. Pesach alatvua, Pesach angrain, Atzeres alperes ilon, Shvuas on the fruits of the tree, Bechagmedan alamayim, Sukkos on the water, Va'adam nidei b'Rosh Hashanah, Ogzardin shaloi nechtem b'Yem Kippur. Person is judged on Rosh Hashanah and his gzardin is sealed on Yom Kippur. V'chiktani masnisin atchilas din. According to this, when the Mishnah says that the world gets judged four times of the year, and one of them is Rosh Hashanah, we're taka talking about the beginning of the judgment. The gzardin of the person is taka Yom Kippur. Because according to Rabbi Shmuel, not like Rabbi Yehuda, the judgment is during these seasons. So we have another view, Rabbi Shmuel, and this is our Mishnah follows the shit of Tana Debe, Rabbi Shmuel. In Adam, there's also it's a Tzadik and Ben and Meshum have different Zadim. Tzadik and Meshum have different Zadim. La'alter, or you wait, That's the thing, it's simple. Yeah, yeah. The average person. I'm going to Reb Chizda said, Reb Chizda said, my time What's the reason of Reb Yossi who says a person gets judged every day? He said himself, he had a Pasuk in ear, you remember him every morning? Why are you asking what's the reason of Reb Yossi? This is what we meant. My time why doesn't he say like Reb Nossin? Reb Nossin quotes the end of the Pasuk. You examine him every moment. Why are you choosing the beginning of the Pasuk, and you're, uh, you're deleting, you're ignoring, that's the problem. I understand he's judged every day, but why don't you go further? Every second, like Reb Nossin. And for the Gemara, because, Apparently Reb Yossi holds that the word Pchina, you see, the Pasuk has two expressions. When it comes to mornings, it says, Vatifkidenu. When it comes to moments, to seconds, it says, Tifchanenu. Tifchanenu comes from the word Pchina. We use the word Pchina like an examination, a test, like in school, a Pchina is a test. So he says, Pchina yuna ba'almahi. The concept of Pchina, according to the Biosi, is, it's not judged. It's Pchina, you're just looking, you're examining. Like a boichin, you're examining. Huh? You're scanning the situation. Evaluation. Evaluation, inspection. Yeah, bedside inspection. This is the real goal of a bchina. Huh? The real goal of a bchina is not to judge, you're saying. It's just to be my ayan. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell the schools. Liberal. You know, <laughs> liberal, sir. Montessori. Montessori. Yeah. That's what was discussed last night. Iyun ba'almahi. It's only iyun. What do we mean, iyun? Every moment, there's an iyun. There's an examination into the person. You could say the same thing. What does pkidah mean? Pkidah means to remember, to focus, to think about. Same thing. Iyun And that you're saying, no. Adam nidoin b'chal because it says tifkadenu. No? Tifkadenu is al so again, why, why does Rabbi Yossi focus on the day, not on the moment? The real reason of Rabbi Yossi comes from another Pasuk. When Shloyma HaMelech built and dedicates the first base HaMikdash, he speaks and he prays in Malachim Aleph Perek Ches. Lasa is, some people say it in the, some of the Nuschayis in the morning davening, base Yaakov, before Shir Shalyoyim. Not in uh, not in Ashkenaz. Lasis mishpat avdoi u mishpat ama yisrael 
Dvar yoim b'yoimoy. Laman das kolam yoritz ki Hashem uva lekim enoy. To do mishpat justice for his servant, for Shlaima and for his nation. Dvar yoim b'yoimoy every single day. Every single day. So this is not any more iyun ba'alma like we wanted to say from the pasuk. This is mishpat avdoy. That's the source. That's the source of Rabbi Yossi. Even though it doesn't say, Rabbi Yossi doesn't say that. L'chayre, it's strange because Rabbi Yossi himself said right. his reason. You can't. You're imposing a new reason. Rabbi Yossi said his reason. He says Shenema v'tifkiden alipkara. You can ask what's his reason, and then you bring another pasuk. He could have also brought the other pasuk. Elamai, he says it's this pasuk. This pasuk he had a problem with because it also says seconds. So it's a, it's hard to understand. So the Meroi Meisada, which is the commentary of the Nitziv of Valojin here on the Mesech, and also the Svasemes, they both suggest that from the Pasuk and Melachim, you could learn Dvar Yoim but you only learn it about the Jewish people. Mishpat Avdoi, or Mishpat Ama Yisrael Dvar Yoim You don't have it for all the nations of the world. Rabbi Yossi says, Menayin Adam Nidan Adam refers to every human being, Jew and non-Jew alike. So that's the case that you can't learn from Melachim. So therefore, from Allahim you learn out that when it says pikida, it means a din, not just looking. But from Allahim you learn out that it's Jews. And then once you have it by the Jews, then you retroactively, you go back to the Pasuk in Eiv, and you say that it is every single person. But Tifkidena Lipkarim is talking about every single human being is examined and judged every morning, every day. Well, Reb Chizda, Reb Chizda also the said. Say, like, of of That's still the reason he doesn't say like Reb Nasa. Yeah, because but Benegay Yoyim has mishpat. Right. Yeah. So the Gemara of Aiter. If a king and a community are invited, are summoned for a judgment, the Allah is that the king goes in first. The Apostle says, So just from the order of Shleim HaMelech's prayer, we see if there's two, if the court has to deal with a judgment coming against the king. Because you know in Judaism, nobody is above the law which was one of the revolutions of Yiddishkeit, that nobody is above the law, even the king is obliged by the law. That is one of the most innovative ideas, that there was some, everybody was under the law. So therefore, if you have to summon the king for din, that's fine. But the king goes in before Yisrael. Mishpatav de Mishpatam Yisrael. My time. Iba you say, the time is from the Pasuk, but for why did Shloim HaMelech put it that way? One reason is, It's not respectful that the king should sit outside and wait and say, okay, your majesty, it's your turn. He comes, he goes in first. The second reason is, Before the before the anger increases because of everything that the tzibur does, so the melech is judged first. Rashi says, Okay, Rashi just says, "Kirib Nasan, my time aleyama, mishum de kasover, pchina ein zedin ela boidik b'maisav hilchich b'dedei nami tikshalach pkidei yonabalmo." So Reb Chizda says, when the Melech and the Tzibur are muzmal adin, 
And he's referring, of course, to Din Shamayim, not just uh, down here. <laughs> I mean, the Melech also is summoned Ladin, and you bring in the Melech first. But he's saying, even in heaven, the Melech comes in first, either Mitzadar Cheretz, or before this Charoin Af, because there is, uh, there is pain, there is uh, there's ire because of the sins of the entire tzib. What if the king is a Russia? And you think that uh, you come in first anyway? That's going to be uh, sort of say angry anyway? You're right. That was the cause for the king. You're right. That's why he has to be judged. That's why the king has to be judged. Yeah, right, but I'm saying in terms of God's reaction to the... Yeah, that's what's how the king himself is saying. saying what? It seems like the king. If the king is Russian, it's going to be Haranaf. Remember also the state of the Tzibur a lot of time depends on the king. The king is. The Rambam writes in Hilchis Malachim that Lev HaMelech, who Lev Kol Kahal Yisrael. The heart of the king is the heart of the Jewish people. Rashi says, Hanasi hu akoil, yeah? Moshe Yisrael, Yisrael, Hanasi hu akoil. So perhaps the state of the Tzibur is also deeply uh, dependent on the king, and the king gets judged for that too. Amr Rabbi Yosef. Does it also say that the hearts of kings are in the hands of Hashem? Yeah, Lev Malachim Vesan Beyad Hashem. The king is, is stuck on both sides. No, we say the heart of the king is Beyad Hashem because nobody ultimately has control over the world. But uh, in terms of a king's choices, he's making his choices, and he's responsible for them. Amr Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, "Keman matzlin on a idnak tziri v'amiri." Right, because he's affecting uh, the world. No, <laughs> no. I know that's a result. That's not a decision. Affecting the world as a result. They brought me Yad Hashem. I mean, I heard that uh, they said, What can come when, when I think he said, You sold those slaves. And it's an interesting thing by you go to a campaign. Uh, and they promised the whole world every candidate gets up, I'm going to give everybody a house with uh, $200,000. Yeah. You're not going to have to work. Everything is free. And then it comes, uh, health care is going to be toppled and replaced with a gold standard plan. And then it comes to my said, and uh, no, nobody lives up to their promise. This is very posture. Before you become the Melech, before you're elected, then you talk and want to do that. As soon as you become the Melech, the verse is, okay, this is how we're going to run this business. Amr Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, According to whose shit do we daven today, every single day, for those who are ill and those who are weak? means for those who are sick, and Miri means for those who are weak. often who are weak. So whose shit is it that we daven every day for them? And why are we davening every day for them? Keman this follows Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi holds Adam Nidin B'chaliyam, a person gets judged every day. So therefore, every day it's appropriate to pray for all people. Certainly it could follow Rabbi Nossin. Rabbi Nossin yeah. says every moment. But even Rabbi Yossi, it works very well, because a person is Nidin B'chaliyam, according to the other Tanayim, Rabbi Meir, who says everything is Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yehuda, who says everything is Rosh Hashanah, and the Gzardin is at certain periods of the year, but for a person Yom Kippur. And Tanayim Rabbi Shmuel, 
who says also at certain seasons of the year in Rosh Hashanah, a person is only judged on Rosh Hashanah according to all of them, so there's already a gzeda, what's the tefillah? V'yibay say, you could say, no, lo'elam kirabonon. Really, the davening every day follows us also the other rabbis. Who could Rabbi Yitzchak, this is consistent with Rabbi Yitzchak said, Rabbi Yitzchak, Yofet Tzaykel Adam ben Koytin Gzardin ben Lachin Gzardin. A Tzaykel Adam, a Gishrei, an outcry of a person, is wonderful, it's good, before Gzardin, before the verdict, after the verdict. Rashi says, Kir Rabbi Yitzchak, the Amar Adam Nidim Bechal Yoyim, the Yispalali, Shadavin, Shadunu Oysi Lishchus, they should judge him beneficially, not negatively. The According to the other rabbis, everything was already established. So what are you davening for? It's already after the verdict. What are you going to go do? But the second opinion is no. Everyone agrees that Saik is Yafal Adam before Gzardin and after Gzardin. Let's take a look at Toysvus. Three interesting Toysvus in there. Tazayin Amadal, if you see on top, the Pesach Halatvua, the Toysvus brings a Maisa. The Pesach Misha Mesu, in Gemara Brachas, the Pesach that starts Misha Mesu, there's a story there. Gabe, there's a story that there was a Chosset, a very pious man, Shiknitosa Ishtay Be'erev Rishishana. His wife provoked him on Erev Rosh Hashanah. So he didn't have where to stay. She didn't want him in the house. So he went at night to sleep. He went to the cemetery to sleep. And the Gemara says over there that uh, he went to the cemetery the night of Rosh Hashanah and he heard that's the Lashon Shtei Ruchos Mesapr Zuim Zu. Two spirits, two souls communicating with each other. Mashma. The Rosh Hashanah Shama Shtei Ruchos Shemesaprin Zu Azu. What happened? It sounds like on Rosh Hashanah, he hears these two spirits talking, and the Gemara says, what did he hear? They said that they heard, means from behind the curtain, meaning they heard from the, from judgment, uh, from behind the, the, uh, behind the curtain, that whoever is going to plant in the first revere, the first revere means the first season of rain, in other words, the beginning of winter, anybody who's going to plant in their fields, cheshven, barad malka isai. It's all going to be destroyed by a barad, by a major hail, by a major storm. No, they heard this. <laughs> so Rosh says, what do you see? This was Rosh Hashanah. His wife threw him out of the house at Rosh Hashanah. It's the night of Rosh Hashanah. You're telling me that the tfu is being judged on Pesach. Here you have a clear Gemara that it was the night of Rosh Hashanah. That's Toysvus' problem. So Toysvus, Shema B'Shamayim B'Rish Hashanah Yimaskidim Din Anigze B'Pesach. It could be Rish Hashanah. They were discussing. They weren't making the verdict. They were discussing the verdict that was already on Pesach. So it's not a contradiction to our Mishnah. That's what Toysvus says. The verdict that was in the previous Pesach. The previous Pesach, six months earlier. Six months earlier. Vaiter Inami 
Or you could say, no, the Gemara in Brachas is Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara in Brachas is following Rabbi Yehuda, which now we know the view of the Amar, Hakal Nidoyne B'Rishishana. Everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah, and the Gzardin B'Pesach is for. Just the verdict is in different seasons. So the judgment of the grain was on Rosh Hashanah. The verdict, Taka the Gzardin. Because it's going to be next Pesach. Right. You, say. you want to know how the Gzardin when happens before the Din? <laughs> how the Gzardin, unless with right. Einstein's relativity. Yeah. 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 This person's Master Mars says that he, he was planted and he became rich, whatever. Maybe it was his this, this guy follow, Yeah, this guy followed their advice and he became wealthy from it. Yeah. No. So it was his Gzardin or Shoshana that he should become rich. That's why he had to get. No, but it's Kolas Eirei B'Rivi Yerushayna. It was on Kolas Eirei B'Rivi Yerushayna. He went back to Nice Street. Huh? He built the house in the cemetery. Yeah. How did it work out the Corona? What? You have to be a chassid. Because you have to be a chassid. You Stop an interesting thing. The Gemara says that whenever it says Maisa Bechosid Echot in Shas, it's either Rabbi Yehuda Ben Babo or Rabbi Yehuda Ben Eloi. Rabbi Eloi. So the Malay Harayim writes here that Rabbi Yehuda holds that Hakal Nidim Bereshishana because it happened with him. The story happened with him because whenever it says Chassid Echad, it's Rabbi Yehuda Ben Rabbi Loi, and Stam Rabbi Yehuda is Rabbi Yehuda Ben Rabbi Loi. So it actually happened with him. So that's why he said Hakol Nidim Ben Rosh Hashanah because he knew. That's the second answer of Taisvus that the judgment was on Rosh Hashanah. Either Bakeri, you have to say you're asking a good shailuf. Bkezardin is Pesach, so you have to say that on Rosh Hashanah. It was the din lechaoyda. It is not going to be retroactive. Huh? It is not going to be. No, it's no, no, not going to have to be. Maybe the stuff is going to start growing after Pesach. Ah, okay. It's a reya in the winter, and it's going to start growing after Pesach. So it's going to be nidden that coming Pesach. So there's no din. So in other words, it, it, you're saying like this: last Pesach was a gzardin on this winter. From the Rosh Hashanah before. This Pesach is going to be the Gzardin for what's after Pesach. So the Malka Oisai, yeah, would be when? After Pesach. Okay, no, interesting. Is the Bar of Malka Lechayda before Pesach? So maybe it was for a whole year ahead. Maybe it wasn't for this winter. Maybe it's for next winter. Right, but if it was after Pesach, it wouldn't kill Revere Rishayna, it would kill everybody. It's 
You have to go sleep in this cement and wash your shoes. Okay, just to figure it out. Fine. Ida ba keri. So Tosis is mikra. in other words, don't confuse keri with 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 seed. Keri is mikra. Miloshin ula yikre. In other words, ula yikara. It's going to happen. Something happens. Inami miloshin kushi. Something difficult. Now, so that's an interesting question. Why do we daven today for sick people every day, like Rabbi Yossi or Rabbi Nosson, Adam Nidim That's the first answer. The second answer is everyone holds, you can always cry out to Hashem. No difference, even after Xardin. But the first answer is we follow Rabbi Yossi. Very interesting question. All the other rabbis who hold that we're not judged every day, we're judged only on Rosh Hashanah. They had a different text of Shemin Asra. They took out Rifa'enu, asking for health. They took out Birchis Hashanah, asking for success, because they hold, according to the first answer, the person is judged on Rosh Hashanah, this is pointless. It was all decided. What are you saying, Rifa'enu? Yeah, just an example. In other words, all the tefillis are, uh, should be deleted according to that. So the second answer in the Gemara works. They say tzaik is always good. But the first answer you're saying, it follows Rabbi Yossi. If it follows Rabbi Yossi, so you're going to tell me that basically they didn't daven all these brachas of Shemineser? That would be very interesting. But that's a very strange thing. If Yehuda says that you're judged on Rosh Hashanah and this Gzardin is still the Yom Kippur. Yehuda says in the first Pedic of Shabbos, Somebody goes in to visit a sick person on Shabbos, and he says, Hashem should have compassion on you and on all the sick people. According to Rosh Hashanah, this is pointless. He was already judged in the beginning of the year. The Pshat is... That the person should not get sick. This you daven according to the Biyosi, because a person is judged every single day. Every single day. So, for example, when we say you could pork on, yeah? You could pork on, nobody should get ill. He says, This is the Biyosi. According to the Rabbanon, According to the Rabbanon, he says, "I will show you Sirape Matzlinan Aliba de Kolal that the person should get healthy. This you can daven according to everybody. Why? Because the Masayechalu Nigzer, Masayisrapu Loy Nigzer. According to the Rabbanon, when they should get sick, that was Nigzer on Rosh Hashanah. When they should get healthy, that wasn't Nigzer on Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, that could be dependent on Tefillah." For Amar Bereish Hanoidim and Amavushal, the Gemara says in Masechtin Adarim, Ahachter Reb Yosef. Yosef says that what that we daven here. He wasn't having bracha. Ah. What did he say? He wasn't having brachas, but brachas. You saying that's why he was talking about that? Let's finish this. Vahashta. So the Gemara says, "Pedek Rabbi Pedek Shanaidim and Amavushal Achter Rabbi Yosef." Rabbi Yosef says, "Who do we daven like?" 
for the sick and the weak. So he says, Ktsiri, Ktsiri Mamish. Ktsiri is people who are sick, and Mari is Rabbonon, the rabbis who are weak from learning. So now the minute gives you Davin on the sick that they should become healthy, because Rabbeinu Tam said when they should become healthy, on this there was no Gzayin. So therefore, even in the middle of the year, you can Davin for them. And Miri is on the Rabbonon that they should not get sick, and this is according to Rabbi Yossi, who says, Adam So in other words, Mispalalin, Aktsiri, Umiri, so it, it refers to two Nikudas. There is Aktsiri, that they should get healthy, and there's Amiri, that they shouldn't get sick. Umashem Mispalalin, Birches Hashanah. I, why do we dive in Birches Hashanim? You said on this there was a Gzeda. We're going to see later. If the Psak Din on Rosh Hashanah was, there should be a little rain. So you're asking that they should come down, Hashem should bring them down in the right time when it can produce growth. So it's going to be as effective as every year. So there is a purpose in davening every single day. Another explanation. Everybody holds that the tefillah of a rabbim is different. The gzardinam nikra kedelekamon. Over there, even after a gzardin, it could be torn and destroyed. The gzardin. So therefore, it's not a shayim. The question was on tefillah siyachid. Tefillah siyachid, we say, is according to the Yossi. Or we say tzayk is always good. But tefillah sirabim, there was never a question. So even Rebiyos, even the other Tanoim would hold that when a community, a public davens, it's effective. Vayhi the Shabbos to Rebbe Yehuda. Ay, the Gemara in Shabbos to Yehuda says, you tell the sick person, that means even in the middle of the year, according to Rebbe Yehuda. Nami Yashliyash of Kahai Gavani, you could say the same thing. The Damyele Rabbim, the Avamatzli Ba'adei, Al Kol HaChaylam. Interesting. Even though it's just you going in for Bikr Chaylam, but you're davening for all Chayli Yisrael. So it's called Tfilas Rabbim. You're not just davening for this person. You're including the whole Rabbim, so it has the power of Tfilas Rabbim. So therefore, even after Gzardin, even those who argue with Rabbi Yossi, like Rabbi Yehuda, would say it's still effective, and therefore you can go any Shabbos to any Chayla and daven for him, and it has power, even though he holds that it was a Gzardin on Rosh Hashanah because it's Tfilas Rabbim, and that's a whole different... That's a whole different experience. Which means, according to this, that even you if you're davening that, privately, if you don't do that, exactly, even if you're not davening with the tzibur, right. when you kailo, all the Jews and has the kayach of the rabbi. It says clearly, Shabbos specifically says, Shabbos him like, you don't, you don't, you don't daven for the four on Shabbos. It means the Gemara Shabbos, it doesn't mean on Yeah, no, the Masech to Shabbos, it says, when you go into be Mavaka Chayla, you say Hamakim Irachem Alachem Al Kolchel Am Yisrael. On Shabbos, you know why I say Shabbos? Yeah. 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 Okay, so Tosfos at the end has here two answers. Answer number one is what on Rosh Hashanah does Exeda only if he should get sick or not, but not when to get healthy. So since there's no Exeda on that, so therefore you could daven. So when the Yosef asked. Who do we daven every day? According to who do we daven every day? Aktsidi Vamiri. His question was not that we daven for sick people they should get healthy. That's according to everybody. His question was that we daven for Talmud Chachamim that they should not get sick. So he says that is only according to Rabbi Yossi who says Adam Nidan 
That tefillah helps according to Shitz Rabbi Yossi in the first answer of the Gemara. And then there's a second answer that the question of Rabbi Yossi is why do we daven privately on Chaylam? But on Rabbim or Barabim, everyone holds that it's not a problem because the Gzardin could always be torn even afterwards when there is tefillah Sarabim, which is why Rifa'ena would work even if you daven privately because you're davening for, for the Rabbim. Close to the bottom of the page, the line starts tzaika. It's like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven lines from the bottom. The word, the line starts tzaika l'adam. Ben kaidim gzardin, ben lacha gzardin. By the word Tanya, you see tzayin amar alef Tanya amar Rabbi Yehuda Moshe Rabbi Akiva. Gemara now returns to the Mishnah, to the original Mishnah, that the world is judged at four different seasons of the year, four different times of the year. We learned in the Mishnah, Pesach, the world is judged for the grain, Shavuos, for the fruits, Rosh Hashanah, all of humanity, and Sukkot, all of the water is judged. It's a judgment on the water. So now the Gemara continues on this theme. Tanya, we learned Abraiz, that elaborates more on this concept. And not only elaborates, but as we shall see according to the Iran, this is actually the source of how the Mishnah knew what it knew what it said. The source of the statement of the Mishnah. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Mishum Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Akiva that Why is it that the Torah instructed and said, bring a carbon Oymer on Pesach? The Pesach tells us in Pashas Oymer, that on the second day of Pesach, we macharas Shabbos. The Jewish people had to bring an Oymer, meaning they had to go to the first uh, barley, the new barley that grew, harvest some of the barley, grind it into flour, refine it, take a certain measurement of that flour, which is called an Oymer. Oymer is a certain measurement, basically the volume of, 30, uh, volume of uh, 43.5 uh, eggs which is called also the tenth of an ephah, an oimer. And they took that flour, they made a kaimet, they took a fistful of the flour and they burnt it on the mizbeach. And the rest was baked, obviously, as matzah and eaten by the kaimet. And this was called the carbon oimer, brought on the second day of Pesach from the new grain, from the new barley. And of course, then begins sviras ha'oimer, which means the counting in association with this new carbon oimer. So oimer is really a measurement, a volume of how much flour they offered for that carbon, part of it on the Mizbeach, and part of it they ate. So he says, why did the Torah say, bring a carbon oimer on Pesach? Because Pesach is the time of grain. It's the time of grain. What do you mean it's the time of grain? Rashi says, not just that, thank you, not just that grain grows, zman Second to the last Rashi on the page, it's the time that the Tfuah is judged. It's the time, it's the time that the grain starts growing, but it's the time that the Tfuah, the grain is being judged, as the Mishnah says. So, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem says, Bring for me an Oymer, a carbon from the grain, from the new barley on Pesach, so that the grain in the field shall be blessed. So this actually is Rabbi Akiva saying that this is the reason why the Torah says bring an Emer on Pesach. It was this carbon that drew, drew down 
blessings and energy and vitality on all of the great and all the fields by taking this little, this little, uh, by taking a little grain, a little barley, and offering it to the Rebbe Nishalala. In fact, the Ran says here that this is the source of the Mishnah. As we will see, this is the source of the Mishnah. The world gets judged on four different seasons. How do we know it? From the fact that the Torah says on each of these Yom Tovim to do something else. It's not out of the blue, stop to do something else. As we will see what you do on Shavuos, what you do on Hashanah, what you do on Sukkot, the Ram says, this is the source. This Vart of Rabbi Akiva explains, how did the Mishnah know that the world is, he asked yesterday, uh, how do we know, where does the Mishnah come up with this? From the fact that the Torah gives a different diet, a different recipe for each Yom Tif, means there's a different energy that's necessary to heal something in the world, to repair, to, to enhance something in the world. So we're finished, with, we're done with Pesach. Rabbi Akiva continues. Why does the Torah say, bring two loaves of bread on Shavuos? And here the Torah says, after Sviris on the 50th day of Shavuos, the din was, you had to bring which was basically two loaves of bread. And it was interesting, it was the only carbon in the Beis HaMikdash, or in the Mishkan, that was made of chametz. Here it was bread that was mamish chametz, not usually... All the meal grains, the breads were matzah. Lechem aponim was matzah. Karbonaiva was matzah. All the meal grains were matzah. But this was actually chametz, two loaves of bread that they brought. Why? Because Shavuos is the time of the fruits of the tree. On Shavuos we're judged. The fruits are judged. Hashem says, Bring two breads. On Shavuos Kadeshi is Baruch Lechem so that the Paris Sa'ilan should be blessed. Now you're thinking, so you should have said, bring a few oranges, right? Bring a few peaches. Pesach, you brought grain. Why are you bringing? Bread comes from grain. Bread doesn't come from fruits. This bread came from wheat. Pesach, it was barley. Shavuos, it was wheat. So Rashi explains, Shtei HaLechem, Yiratsu al Paris Sa'ilan. They create a Ratzoy, they create a positive energy on the fruits of the tree. Shehein Matirin Lohavi Bikurim. Because it was the Shtei Alechem that allowed all Jews to bring Bikur. Alecha was, it says in Parshish Kisavay, the beginning, you go into your new field and you take the fresh fruits that just grew from the seven species with which Eretz Yisrael was praised. Grapes, figs, pomegranates, etc. And you take a basket full of those ripe fruits of the Shiva Saminim and you bring it to your Shalayim. And you give it as a gift to the Kayin. This is the Alecha of Bikurim, which means the first. Bikurim you can only bring after they offered Shtei HaLechem. So it's not the Shtei HaLechem just that creates the energy for Peri It's the Shtei HaLechem which is the beginning of the process of Bikurim where Jews are all Jews who own fields or orchards are going to bring their fruits to the Beis HaMikdash. That's how Rashi teaches it. She'ein matirim lo'avi Bikurim. She'ein mevi'im Bikurim koidim la'atzeres. You don't bring Bikurim even if you have fruits ready. You don't bring Bikurim before Shavuos. First of all, they have to be ripe. But even if they're ripe, you have to wait till after Shavuos. It's called meaning the Bikurim is after the harvest of wheat. And wheat harvest is later than barley harvest. Barley harvest is usually Pesach time. Wheat harvest is a little later because wheat takes longer to grow, as we learned earlier. So Shavuos is ktsir, after Ketzir Chitim is Bikurim. Now obviously this is still a little difficult because when you read the Lashon of the Gemara, it says, bring Shtei HaLechem in order to bless, to get blessed, in order the fruit should get blessed. So we're touching, it's the beginning. Shtei is 
the first chapter, because the Alechem allows Bikurim, and Bikurim is fruits, Bikurim is not grain. So Rashi says, interestingly, very interesting, Vanisha Mati. What's the that? I don't know. It's not often. I heard. Who says this? Rabbi Yehuda is quoting Rabbi Akiva. It's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda in the Eifet, the Eifet. But this is Anishamati, it's not Libi. Anishamati, the Rabbi Yehuda Lutamei. Rabbi Yehuda is following his Mahalach, his thought process, his reasoning. The Ozla command the Amma Sanhedrin, because Rabbi Yehuda follows the view in Sanhedrin, Mesechta Sanhedrin. And what does that view say? That Eid Sha'achal Adamarishin Chita Haisa. The Eid Sadas, the tree that Adamarishin ate was actually a chita, it was wheat. There's a machlekes in Gemara, what was the eight sadas? One opinion is a fig, it was a fig tree. Another opinion is, it was an esrik tree. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is, eight sadas chita haisa, because a child, a child becomes aware, there's a certain perceptiveness, a certain das, that he acquires to say, Abba tati, once he starts eating grain, stops with the milk, and starts with Tom Dog and starts oh, with the grain. Free thing is at the window, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so according to Rabbi Yehuda, eight sadas chita haisa. So when you bring a chita, it's eight sadas. So it's Paris and he holds that the eight was a chita. It's brought in Svarim that that's one of the ideas of eating matzah on Pesach, that the children, the Jews just left Egypt, so they were still in the beginning of a tinnik, of a child. But once the child eats Tom Dagan, there's a certain awareness, in this case a spiritual awareness of the presence of the father. Even though he still can't analyze what a father is, what a father means, the significance of a father, that may take 40, 50 years, or maybe till he has his own children to appreciate what a father is. But the moment he eats grain, there's a certain awareness, this is my father. And it's not, it's not, uh, exchange, he's not exchangeable with anybody else. Rabbi Yehuda holds it was a it was a eight sadas eight. Yeah. Right. Remember, part of the klala, part of the ne- negativity that came from the eight sadas was that you have to process everything. You can't just eat bread; you have to sweat for the bread. But then it was. Uh, it was good, unless they were just munching, they were having a snack. No, people would eat chita, but the missioning service, they even had it as snacks. Snacks then were not black and white, and Danishes. Yeah, cloyus, huh? They would, they would, uh, they would roast, roll roast wheat. It was considered a delicacy. It was healthy snacks. They came to Yeshiva with healthy snacks. Roasted wheat. Okay, so that's Shavuos. So Rashi gives us two interpretations of the connection with Perisila. Next, Rabbi Yudha says the name of Rebekah. Why does Torah say, Why does Torah say, Pour water on the altar during the Yom Tov Sukkot? This was a very interesting halacha, which doesn't say in Torah. It was received by the oral tradition, in the oral tradition, that every day of the seven days of Sukkot, in the morning, early in the morning by sunrise, right when they were makriv, the first carbon tamid, the sheep, they would pour water, the kayan would go up and pour water on the Mizbech. Every day they also poured, they poured wine. 
But the Pesuk is together with the pouring of wine, he poured also a goblet of water that they went to draw that morning after dawn break. They went to the Shiluach Spring and they took water in a, in, a, in a golden flask and they brought it up and that was the whole dancing the whole night was Simchas Beis HaShoy Eva after Mayim Besosan as a preparation to draw the water and when they drew the water from the Shiloh Spring they came back up and right by sunrise they offered the carbon and they poured water on the Mizbech for seven days of Sukkot and in fact it's Rabbi Akiva who learns it out the Gemara in Tainus Rabbi Akiva learns it out because it says Unisacheha by Sukkot that there were two Nisach Nisach HaMayim and Nisach HaYayin why? The answer is, because Sukkot, now we figure it out, Sukkot is the time that the water is being judged. The nature of the water, the quantity of the water, the quality of the water, how much water there is going to be, etc. Pour for me water on Sukkot, so that the rains of the year shall be blessed for you. This carbon of Nisach affects the entire water flow of the entire year. So these are all asmachtas. These are all. What exactly is, is he saying? What Rabbi Akiva is saying. I guess he's explaining the unique connection between each of these carbonas to the young. The connection is the one of the connections. It's nice. Okay, now you have some of you diving very good. That, and then you reinforce it on Pesach or Shulis or Sukkot. Nebulous uh, situation here. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of it? Well, it's not a deraisa. We see, Klaus, not a deraisa. Whatever he's saying there. Yeah. No, I mean the carbonoim is a deraisa. The, 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 the reason why we say right, but pnei ma amra teira. I think he's saying it's mamish nidna. I think he's saying, and it's got to be more than that. There's no real nidna. You don't say on Pesach. You're not the. Well, what tefillah are you saying for for tefillah on Pesach? Which, which so it's interesting, the Ture Yevon... He's saying Tal, he's not saying Gesher. He's uh, saying on Pesach. On Pesach. And he's been on Shuas, what Tzvila are you saying for, for Paris? I don't recall any special... It's going to be Kura, but... Uh, but not being Mispalo, like Yidor HaShoshone, you Mispalo from morning to night, Yom Kippur. There's not... No mention. Chetzil HaShem and Chetzil HaChem. Of tree, yeah. Yeah. Of sap. No, because you want to you want to come and then they're going to also be mighty pairs. Shrak, shrak, you mean? The Tura Yevon says, Rashi says here, Shapesach Shatvu in the Dinah's boy. The time that the grain is judged. So he says, if that's the case, the Gemara should have also said by Sukkot, it says, because Sukkot is Hachag Zman Kshamim. It's a time of rain. It says, So by Sukkot it should have also said, because it's Sukkot is man kshamim. In other words, according to Rashi, it's the time that you're being judged for rain. So the Tura Yevon teaches actually when it says Pesach's man tvua, it doesn't mean that it's being judged. It means he learns a little different. It means that it's actually this man of tvua. It's the time when the grain starts growing. Sukkot is not man kshamim. Sukkot is not yet this man kshamim. I mean, Rashi doesn't say it like that. Right? No, it's his own. It's, it's, it says different. And that's why he says by Nisach he doesn't say Sukkot is Mankshom, because it's not as Mankshom. 
what the what the what the, what the Gemara actually means is that the nisuch itself is in order that the water should be blessed of the year. And the same is by Oymar Shtei It's in order that it should be blessed. It's just by Pesach, the price is Moisif, that it's even Geshmaker, that it's the actual Zman when the Tvua grows. But that's not the primary message. Finally, Rabbi Akiva says, what about Rosh Hashanah? We have Pesach, we have Shavuos, we have Sukkot. Rabbi Akiva continues, Hashem said... The Torah says, "Say before me on Rosh Hashanah, Malchias Zichroines V'Shayfres." As we know, on Rosh Hashanah, the Chazal instituted that during the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, we say three sets of psukim, three sets of verses from Torah Nevi'im and Ksuvim. Where did the Rambam say that? He doesn't say. You see, it's interesting. By the other ones, it says, "Mepnei Ma Amra Torah." Here he just goes into straight. Doesn't say Why does the Torah say to do this? Oh. So the answer the Chayda is because Malchus, Zechreinus, and Shofris were instituted by the Rabbanon. No, not Shofr, not Shofr, but the Psukim. The verses were, were instituted by the Rabbanon. Yeah, That's the reason it doesn't say by this last one because the Torah doesn't say to say these Psukim. The Rabbanon instituted, the rabbis instituted on Rosh Hashanah in Musif. We say sets of psukim. Sets of ten psukim each. From, from Torah, from Nevi'im, and from Ksuvim. There's psukim that bring out Malchias, Hashem's kingdom. There's psukim that bring out Zichroinus, Hashem remembering every person and every individual and everything in the world. And finally, psukim that bring out Shoifris. And as we know, by each one of the sets of psukim, we take a break and we blow shoifra and we continue. So you say the psukim of Malchias, and then we say a tefillah, and they blow. You say the psukim of Zechreinus, we start off with Atta Zoycha and you go through all the psukim about Zechreinus, and then you blow, and then you go through psukim about shoifras, whatever the psukim, you blow again, and then you finish when Asuritzei, and Moidim, and, and, and the end, Sum Shalom. So he says, Say before me, Psukim about Malchus, kingship, and memory, and Shaifris. Why? Malchi is Kedesha Tamlichuni Alechem. This is an unbelievable expression. That Rebani Shalom says, Kedesh Tamlichuni Alechem. I'm asking you that you should make me a king over you. Kavayachal, I need you. You make me a king over you. Zechreinus, Deshayala Zechreinachem Lafane Lataiva. Zechreinus, in order that your memory, your remembrance should ascend before me beneficially, positively. And how do you accomplish this? How do you accomplish that I, how do you coronate me, so to speak, as a king? How do you accomplish this You do it through the shoifer. Through the shoifer, you coronate Hashem on the Jewish people and on the world. So this is also on, this happens all through the shoifer. So Rabbi Akiva finished explaining the unique mitzvahs that are connected to each yomtif based on what happens on that yomtif as the Mishnah spoke about the four seasons. Zagdi Gemara, Amr Rebbe Rebbe said, Lama toikin b'shoifer shalayal. Why is it that on the Shoshana we blow with a shoifer of a ram? Why? Who said that we blow with a shoifer of a ram? So Toysra says, the last Toysras, the Perik Ra'uhu Bezdin. In the Perik Ra'uhu Bezdin, which is going to be in Rosh Hashanah, later in Rosh Hashanah, at the end, 
Tavchavav. Tanan, we learned a Mishnah. The Mishnah is the Rabbi Yosi Machshir Af Bishal Parah. The Rabbi Yosi allows you to use a shofar that's made from the horn of a cow, a bull, a bull's horn. Oh, Avokaim alone can Rabbi Yehuda. That's the shit of Rabbi Yosi. But the halach is not like Rabbi Yehuda. The halach is like Rabbi Yehuda. The toikin b'shal elam kfufim kete paskin and hasam b'gemara. Kol ha'shoyf is kshen and chutz b'shal para. That's the halacha. So Rabbi Yosi holds that you can even use a para. La halacha, you can't use a para. The Gemara says, like Rabbi Yehuda, that you should blow b'shoyf of elam kfufim, which means bent. A bench, a curved, a curved shoifer of, of a ram. So that's what the Rabbah says, you're tekeya ba'ayel. So it sounds like from Toysvis that it's a halacha, that you have to blow, not from a para, but not only not from a para, you have to blow dafka bishal ayel. That's what Toysvis says. Other is shoinim, huh? you can't use a para no. But there's no, still others. Say, there's oh, still other animals. If you don't have an eye, what would you feel? Oh, oh. yeah. So other is them taich. The Rajba, the Meiri, the Rid. They taich that the mitzvah in a mufchar. The mitzvah in a doesn't mean you have to only an aisle. You could use also another kosher animal, but not a para, not a cow. But you, the mitzvah in a mufchar is to use a aisle. Huh? No, there's three shittas. Rabbi Yehuda holds dafkan aisle. Rabbi Yossi holds even a para. And Tanakama holds in the Mishnah, Kol ha-shoifres k'sherim chutz mishal para. All shoifres are kosher outside of para. But, mitzvah menach, so Rebbe, so, 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 Toysvah says, Allah chit Rebbe Yehud. The other Rishonim say, even if you say, Allah chit Tanakama, still, the best, the mitzvah menach, mufchah is to use an eye. Even if you say, Allah chit so the question, and that's the minig. The minig is by Yidin that you use a ram's horn. So the Bavo says lama lama taikim Either halachically or at least that's the minig by Yidin to use dafka precisely a ram's horn. Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hashem said, Tikul lefana b'shayfer shalayil blow before me with a ram's horn. Kadesh esker lechem akedas Yitzchak ben Avram. So I should remember the binding of Yitzchak the son of Avram, because what happens after that is, of course, vayelech Avram vayikach es ha'ayil. He uses and offers the ayel, the ram, as a substitute for Yitzchak. Why he says Ben Avram? I will consider it as though you binded yourself up. You completely committed, you completely connected yourself to me through the remembrance of, through the remembrance of that Kedah. Right. The Aruch Lener actually says, why does it say here, Akedah Yitzchak ben Avram? Usually it says Akedah Yitzchak. We know who Yitzchak was. So he says, because the point is that there were two components. There was a tremendous thing that Yitzchak did, but then there was what Avram did. In many ways, to offer a son as a carbon is harder than to offer yourself. Because so, see, it's actually the Avram that you're... Yes. The Nisayin, in fact, we call it Avram's Nisayin. Why do we call it Avram's Nisayin? Yitzchak wasn't one day old. According to Rashi, Yitzchak was a big boy. He was 37 years old. So he was a mature kid. He could have ran away too. Why do we call it Avram's Nisayin? In many ways, the Nisayin for a father 
to slaughter a child is far deeper than for a person to slaughter himself because of the natural love of a father to a child. So we mentioned not only the Yitzchus of Yitzchak, but also the Akedah Yitzchak ben Avram, what Avram accomplished here. So this is the shofar of Ayel, the ram's horn that we use. A new question. Why do we blow on Rosh Hashanah? Here the Gemara already, till now, the Gemara tolerates all the lamas. Why? When he says, why we blow on Rosh Hashanah, what do you mean, lama? The Torah doesn't blows, blossman. The Torah said, blow. So you blow? I mean, lama toike with Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> well, in Tehillim it says. You mean it says the word in Tehillim it says Tiku b'Chayde Shayfer b'Kesseliyam Chageni Chakli Stole the Mishpat Lo Lekayakov. Right, right, right. But the Gemara, the Gemara doesn't, the Gemara doesn't mean here. The word here is not the word that the word Tiku says in Chumash. It doesn't say the word in Chumash. The, the Torah commanded to blow Shoifer. The Torah commanded to blow Shoifer. Or it could be two things. It could be the Gemara means the Pasuk Tiku and Tehillim. Or it could just be that the Torah doesn't say in Torah you have to blow on Rosh Hashanah. doesn't say that word. But the Chachamim learned it out from the Pesukim. Yom Tzu Yilachem. And you make a Gzai from Rosh Hashanah to Yoivel. By Yoivel it says... Also, you have to blow over there. It says clearly you have to blow shayfar. So you learn out you have to blow shayfar. So it could be that's what the Gemara means. What type of question is this? You have to blow. Zagdi Gemara Ella. The question is Lama Merin. Why do we do a trua? Lama Merin. Why do we do a trua? He's not asking Lama Toikin why you blow. Lama Merin. Why you do trua? Why do you do a trua? Because the Torah says on Rosh you have to have a zichrin trua, zichrin trua yielachem. That's why it also says later yom trua yielachem. But zichrin trua comes before zichrin trua is in Parshas Emer. Yom trua yielachem is later in Parshas Pinchas. So he says zichrin trua. The Torah says you should have a trua. Okay, there's a question: What trua is? If a trua is a shvarim or a trua is a trua? So we do both. We do shvarim and we do trua, but the Torah says you should do a trua. Ella, the bitzak meant something else. Not why you blow shayfer. Why are the two sets of tkiya shayfer? We don't have that usually. The Torah says you should shake a lulav. So you shake a lulav once. Why is it that we blow and we do trua when they sit? Meaning before musaf which is called Tkiyas Miyushev, and the reason is because there's no obligation to stand by those first Tkiyas that we do after the Mafter, before Musaf. It's Yosh, when you could sit, even though the Minig by Ashkenaz is today that they stand, B'nai Svarid, many sit, but B'nai Ashkenaz stand. But Me'ikir Hadin, halachically, you could sit by these Tkiyas. The Lama, the Taikin, and and then they do it all again when they're standing, of course, in the middle of Shmanesra, in the middle of Musaf. What's the reason for this? On this, Rabbi Yitzchak answers, in order to confuse the Satan. So Rashi says, He won't be Mastin, meaning he won't uh, prosecute. When he hears, when he perceives how the Jewish people love the mitzvahs, 
his arguments, his words get plugged, they get sealed. He, he gets blocked. He has a mental block, he can't speak. He gets completely confused. The question is, what's the chiv of mitzvah here? Rashi says when they see the, he sees the love of the mitzvah. Where do you see the love of the mitzvah? The first you mean because they're doing it twice? Right, you're doing, in other words, the one that the Rebbe wants is the second one. The question was, well, they're doing it extra, you say. The fact that they, you know, when you do something for obligation, you get it over with. When you do something with enthusiasm, you can't get enough of it. Question, That's the question. Why we do it twice or why we're standing? No, why we do it twice? Not why we standing? No. Why twice? The answer is, that was his question, not why you blow. That was his question. So that's what Rabbi Nechananel says, that the reason is, the chivov is that you see they do it twice. One of the other Rishonim, the Rimilunil says, the chivov is that they do the mitzvah before the time. Because the main mitzvah you do together with the brachas. They, they made the brachas, Malchus, Zechariah, and Shofis, go together with the mitzvah. And we already do it before, before the time. That's, that's the, that's the chivov mitzvah. I saw that the Chidusha Harim write, the Chidusha Harim brings. Yeah. No, in Shulchan Aruch, Hilchis Shoifer, there's a question: Do you do Shvarim and Trua in one breath or not in one breath? That's a Machlekes Arishayim. Do Shvarim and Trua have to be in one breath or not one breath? On one hand, it's considered one uh, one. What's considered one Trua? So you have to do it in one breath. Other Arishayim say the derech is to take a break between sighing and sobbing. So you have to take a break. So that's why it's a pshara is that in one set of tkiyas you do it with a break. A break, I mean a breath. And the other set you do it with, with one breath. Once we're doing it twice, once you do do, 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 you take a breath, do, 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 and once do, 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 without a breath. So we do one in, uh, because we're blowing shofar twice, we have the luxury to be able to be yoytz in the holidays. Why not? Why not? But that's not the reason you do it twice. Because <laughs> the Shulchan Aruch is not a sefer that discusses the reasons behind every mitzvah. The Shulchan Aruch is a sefer that tells you how to do it. It's a different. The Shulchan Aruch has a different function. You understand? But there's a difference in the set of in terms of an ashim, in terms of a breath. By Tkiyus Miyushiv, the Minig is. There's different Minogim. It's brought Tafkov Tzadik. We learned him in Shulchan Aruch. That's also the reason why we're doing Tkiyus Oh, that's because we don't know what true is. That's going to be later in the Gemara. We don't know what true is. We don't know if true is a sob or a sigh. It's a Yavava. Is it, or is it, is it a krechts? Is it krechtsing, sighing, or sobbing? Or maybe it's both. So we do all three. We do sighing, shvarim, we do sobbing, trua, but maybe it's both. So we do both, shvarim, trua. And, 
actually became a hundred. And people who there's people who don't <laughs> like how the Baltakea blue, so they go out of Shul, they do another hundred. So from one hundred became two hundred. That's the real Chavivin Amitzvah. They don't stop. You go out to the hall of the Davni, somebody's blowing, then this guy doesn't like what he did, so he blows. That's the Chavivus Amitzvah. The Chidush Harim is Moshev Hageshmak of Art. He says... I just actually looked it up in the other in the other They build his So uh, he says as uh, he says that the chivus hamitzvus is it's a little bit of a more says uh, edel of art. He says when you do the mitzvah once, Rabbi Bo said, why do we blow b'shayfer shalayil to remember akedus yitzchak? So he says so in that kia shayfer. There's so, so to speak something of a motive, and the motive is I want Hashem should remember akedus yitzchak. He says, the second time you do Tkiyah Shaifer, it's just for the mitzvah itself. That's the Chvivah HaMitzvah. Just for the mitzvah itself, there's absolutely not even... That's the Eruv. That's why the first yeah. time, the Chivah, that's what yeah. Rashi So the Sultan gets confused. Yeah. Now the Shaila is, how does the Chvivah of the mitzvah seal the words of the Sultan? How does it plug his mouth? The Pashtus, he doesn't have what to say. He doesn't have what to say. So what's Pshat La'arvev? It confuses him. What's the confusion? You could just say, you have a prosecutor, he's trying to get the judge to go against you, and then suddenly, the lawyer brings something up, huh? Character witness. Yeah, and you can't say. You get confused, you get uh, you get upset, and you get confused. So the Chidush Arim says, Azai, very gishmak. The Gemara says in Yuma, the end of Yuma, the Pevav Rish says, that when you do tshuva out of yira, out of fear, so zdoinus nasolikish gagas. The averis become like mistakes. Hashem dismisses them like mistakes. When you do tshuva out of love with chavivus, zdoinus nasolikizachias. The sins become like mitzvahs. So he says, the Yitzhahara, the Satan comes and he brings forth all the sins of the Jewish people. And he's excited. And there's a lot of sins. Baruch Hashem, the Satan finds everything. He finds. So it's wonderful. Suddenly, there's chavivus ha mitzvah. There's love in a mitzvah. What happens through love? All the sins become mitzvahs. Oh, does he get confused if he continues to bring more avedis? He's bringing more mitzvahs because the sins got transformed into mitzvahs. So he has to shut up. That's the irvuv. The irvuv is that his very, his very, uh, his very uh, kitrug becomes. It slaps him in the face. It becomes metamorphosized because it's not good. It says, that's confusing. He doesn't know what to do. The more you talk, the more he's, bar- he's burying a grave for himself. Every time he opens his mouth, it's getting worse and worse because every Zdoinus is not so like Azachis. That's the Chvivus HaMitzvah. Mechavavinus HaMitzvahs. Mestatmen Dvar. That's the Deir Kenashe. Huh? He doesn't The Chidish Ha'im was a chassi from the Ba'a Shem Tov? Ziyotzed was actually Chav Gimel Adar two days ago. Zog the Gemara Vait. Now here's an interesting Taisvis. Taikim Amarim Kshain Oimdin. So Taisvis doesn't want to be a party pooper, but he says, you know, it's all nice, you love mitzvahs, but Taima. If you're already Yotzed mitzvahs ki yashay for haka'ava mishon bal Taisif. You're already bal Taisif. You already fulfilled the mitzvah, you're blowing again. So you're going to tell me kivin the kvar yotza. Maybe since you already yotze the mitzvah, it's like basically let's say you blow shayfan Hanukkah. You're not over on Baltoisif because it's not the time of shayfar. The loyover, you're not over. 
You're not over. You're over on Baal Toysef. There's a machoikas if you have to have kavana to be moisif, to be over, or no kavana, even if you do it unintentionally. But everyone is moid, it has to be in the time of the mitzvah. You blow shofar purim, blow shofar purim. It's not the time of the mitzvah. You're not adding to the mitzvah. You take a hadas, you start shaking it on sukkahs, on, on, on purim, on Hanukkah. Okay. You're not adding to the mitzvah. So Toysef says, maybe shaloi bismanoi. You're not over on Baal Toysef. And he's not having a kavana to be over on Baal Toysef. But this is Yantav. The hamrinam b'soif ru'u bezdin. We say at the end of Rosh Hashanah, then Dav Chavches, l'gabe birches koyanim. The ain moisif bracha achas mishaloi, mishum, deloi avar alei zimne. Let's say a koyan decides, we have the nusach of birches koyanim, from Parshas Nasi, of Arecha Chasham Vishmarecha, Yoyer, Yisar Shampan, Velechav Yosem, Lechashalach. Then the koyan says, you know what? I'm having an emotion. I want to give a new bracha. Everybody should have shidduchim. So he starts giving new brachas, right? Very nice. He's in Alado, he's over in Abaltaisif. You want to give brachas to Eden, it's a wonderful thing. You made a brach, now is the time of Berchus Kayanim. This is the Nusach of Berchus Kayanim. So the Gemara says there that Berchus Kayanim, he's not allowed to add another brach. Ah, you could say the time already passed. Berchus Kayanim finished, he did it. He says, no, the time didn't pass. If another tzibur would come, a new minyu would come in, the kayan could do berchus kayanim again. The time didn't pass. Here too, this is not Hanukkah. If there's a new, a new oil that comes into shul by Musa, they didn't hear tekiyas, you blow for them. In other words, it's still this man of tekiyas shayfer. So it's tekiyah betoich zmanai. Frech toish v'slechayr, if it's betoich zmanai, you're over on Baal toisif. That's the question. So, Toysvis, ah? If Shalem's man is not called Baal Toysvis, what is the argument about Shemini Atzeris taking the sickness? If it's not sickness, maybe it's fine to the end, okay. If it's not, it's not the man. So, it's uh, What's the problem? Because the Kavon has to be Mekayim Mitzvah Sukkah. <laughs> so, what you say, if someone's going to have to hold it to shock the leader from Peter, we can shock it all, all day long. He doesn't think that he's doing the mitzvah suit of the Tikkun B'chari Shreva. Here, so Ktoisus Yeshloimer the ain't shayich Bal Toisiv Basias Mitzvah Achas Beis Palmer. Bal Toisiv is not connected to doing a mitzvah twice. Kigoyin Koyin Im Mevarech V'Chayzer Mevarech Oisit Zibur Atzmai. You bless Berches Koyinim and you do it again. No baltaisif. Oi, noita lulav. You take a lulav, and again chayzav a noita lulav. You know I'm doing it again. V'chein tekeya v'chayzav a tekeya. It's not a problem. Baltaisif doesn't mean you do the mitzvah twice. Taisif says baltaisif means you add something in the mitzvah. You put in a fifth parsha and fill it. You want to add to your tefillin. You're moisif a fifth min in the lulav. I want also a lemon. I don't only want an asterisk. I want a cherry. But to do a mitzvah twice, Taisif says is not baltaisif. You could do Bechaz Kainu twice, he says. If it's the same Nusach. If you add a, I add a new plug, I add a new, a new, a new brach. Toysva says, V'gabi matnes b'chayr. By matnes b'chayr, when you makrim a karbim b'chayr, so you give the blood, you put the blood on the Mizbeach on one of the corners once. Nami, noisim b'keren echad beis palm, ain't bazar bal toysva. You want to put on the same corner, you want to do the mitzvah twice, there's no problem of bal, of bal toysva. Bal toysva. There's no problem. But if you want to do another corner, then it's possible. If you add five minim to a lulav, if you add uh, if you add a parshant fillin, you add another text to berchus koyim, that's baltaisif. 
four brachas b'chaz kainim instead of three, that's Baal Tanisim. That's what Taisim says. If you alter the mitzvah, then it's not allowed, but if you're doing the same mitzvah again, then that's okay. Right. Right. Over there it's with such tayrish shuyas. Such tayrish Right, right. No. But Kiva Eger does bring, he says he doesn't understand the question of Taisvis. How could you compare it to Birchis Kayanim? Birchis Kayanim, if another, if another tzibur comes, you're going to bless them, you're going to do the mitzvah again. He says, Shoifer, if a new, new minion comes, you're going to blow Shoifer, they're going to do the mitzvah, you're not doing the mitzvah again. So he doesn't understand the dimi to Birchis Kayanim. He says, Lechayritz, it's, it's Poz Mamai. Birchis Kayanim, you're going to do the mitzvah again. The Kayan is going to bless you. So that's a Baltaisa. In the Havam, in the question of Taisvis. He says, Shaifer, you're not doing the mitzvah again. Once you blew Shaifer, you blew Shaifer. So he doesn't understand the Chathil, the first answer of Taisvis that's Achazman is a good answer. He doesn't know why Taisvis has to, has to come up to this Maisa that the Baltaisif is not twice. Some other Rishonim, the Ritva brings, the Baltaisif is not Shaikh here for another reason. Because it's Takanas Chachamim. The Chachamim said to do it. Are we going to say, you're not allowed to light Hanukkah candles? The Torah says, you're not allowed to add to the mitzvahs. So why do we light Hanukkah? Why do we say Halal? The answer is they didn't add to the mitzvahs. They added a mitzvah dirabbana. They don't call it a mitzvah in Atayra. Huh? No, mechavavin. They wanted to make another another mitzvah. So it's it's a so to speak a shoy for dirabbana. It's not baltaisa. Vaiter zog the gemara vaiter. Amr Reb Yitzchak Reb Yitzchak said. On Shmini Atzeres, you want to be Mekayim Mitzvah Sukkah. You're having Kavona. That's why you're sitting in the Sukkah. To do Baltois, if you have Kavona, Baltois. There's a beautiful voice. Ah? Usually, a guy who knows the halachas of Baal Tosef and yet you need kavana to do it shleibes money, you find him shaking a little and put him. And if he's a meshuganess, he's bechal potter from all the mitzvahs, including Baal Tosef. That's bedarecha. But in in theory, in theory, there was once a famous apikiris. So he said he wanted to take revenge from Hashem. So how do you take revenge from Hashem? He put on tefillin on Yom Kippur. Okay. He took revenge. Fine. <laughs> it's called a Yiddish Nekama. This is a Jewish a spiritual version of revenge. He put on tefillin on Yom Kippur. There's a word from the Yitzhak of Adichev, similar to what the Kedusha Arim says. It. It's the same Mahalach, the Kedusha Slevi. He says that uh, it says uh, it says in Parshas Emer Ulekachtem Lachem Bayoim Harishon Priyets Hadar. The first day of Sukkot is called Bayoim Harishin, the first day. So the Medrash Rabbah in Pashat Emma says, why is it called the first day? It's the 15th day of the month. So the Medrash Rabbah says, it's Rishon Lechesh Benavoynas. It's the first day when sins are calculated. Why? Yom Kippur, there's atonement for everything. After Yom Kippur, the Medrash says, everybody is busy. To buy a lulav, an estrich, to build a sukkah, nobody has time for sin. What's the first opportunity for sinning? You sit in your sukkah, the night of Yom Tev. Everybody's relaxed. You come into the sukkah. Now Jews start sinning. So Rishon Lechesh Ben Avonis. Asks the Rebbe Yitzchak Abadish He says, really? 
The Torah had no better name for the first day of Sukkot than Yom Harishin Rishin Lachash Benavanis. Maybe there's going to be a few Jews who come into the Sukkah and they don't sin in the Sukkah. What? People making this this description that every Jew, the first day of Sukkot, they start sinning. He says it's it's so distasteful, huh? Rishin Lachash Benavanis. It starts the new Chash Yom Kippur. You have a clean, clean slate. Four days till Sukkot, nobody sins. The first day of Sukkot, everybody starts sinning. Rishin Lachash Benavanis. <laughs> no, in other words, why are you calling it Rishon? You can make a Rishon Chanak also not find anything. He's saying because usually there's going to be a vainas. That's how the Mefarshim learn. He says it's a little strange or a lot strange. So the Beritzuk of Adichov says that the Pshat is punk farkat. He says Rishon Shemay Yim Kippur is Yemei Hadin. It's days of judgment. The Tshuva is Tshuva Meir. It's Tshuva out of awe. Sukkot is Mansim Chaseinu. Is tshuva out of love. So he says, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, all the sins were obliterated. Sukkot is a whole new energy. It's an energy of simcha, of avah. So what happens? The sins are transformed into mitzvahs. So Sukkot is Rishon L'chesh ben Avonis. says, bring back all the sins. Let's recalculate all the sins because now the sins have been transformed into mitzvahs. So fakert, Rishon L'chesh ben Avonis. That's like the Chiddush Yerim says here. That even Rosh Hashanah, you want to read even Rosh Hashanah, but the chvivus hamitzvah. When there's the chvivus hamitzvah, so then the 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 the, the, the satan becomes confused. Okay, I say like the Ramban on the question that he asked before. Um, on the, the Ramban says um, why we do according to those that all the judgments are on Shunah. What Shat Shumai and I said the Ramban says that it goes to the next year. So when the Shunah comes, why do the Tzian Tzvi doesn't go to the Shunah comes? Shem looks back how it did the past year. Draw the water up. So maybe that means that it should have had for the beginning of the year. You're going to blow Shaifer at the end of the year. Meaning, the Pasuk says that uh, whenever there's a distressful situation, you blow with shoifres and you blow with trumpets um, and you fast. During the fast, they would blow shoifres. So he says if there was no tkiya shoifres in the beginning, there may be tkiya shoifres at the end, my time of satan. Because since there was no tkiya shoifres on Rosh Hashanah, the satan was not confused. And since he wasn't confused, so therefore, tsaris could come that year because the Satan was not confused and he prosecuted, he spewed forth his words of venom against the Jewish people. So the Yitzhak says, a year where there's not going to be Tkiyas in the beginning, there's going to be Tkiyas at the end. Take a look in the second Toysvah, Kedela Arviv HaSatan. You confuse the Satan. Toysvah has a different word, why you confuse the Satan. Rashi says the chivivus hamitzvah. He says pirush ba'aruch. The aruch says that it comes from Yerushalmi. Isa be Yerushalmi. Bila hamavas lametzach. The pasuk says when Mashiach comes, he will swallow up death forever. Uksiv it says v'hoye ba'yoyma hu yitaka b'shoifer gadol. That day a great shoifer will be blown. Ubo oivdim beretz asher etc. Katsham akal shipura zimnechada. 
When the Satan, who's also the angel of death, hears the voice of the Shaifer, warns, Boil veloy boil. He gets confused, but not mamish. The Kachama Tanyan, when he hears the second one, Oymen, he says, Vadai zao shipura, the Yitaka Bashaifer Gadol. This must be already not the Rosh Hashanah the Kashaifer. This is already the Mashiach the Kashaifer. Umata zimne lemizbala. If so, it came his time to be swallowed up because Bila Hamavis Lanetzach. He gets completely overwhelmed because he thinks his demise is pending. And he has no space, no mental space to be mekatrik. That's what Toysavis learns. Next, Toysavis. He doesn't mean Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos. You don't blow. You can end up blowing at the end of the year from Sardis. Then you're not allowed to blow. You're not supposed to blow. It means it was another day of the week, but there was Epis and Oynes, there was no, there was no Kasher Shoifer, they couldn't be Mekai Mitzvah Tki Shoifer, that's what it's talking about. So it's a Chiddush of Toysvah here, that the Vart is, that it's not that they didn't blow Mitzvah Shabbos, because then there's no Chiyuv, it means Mitzvah on Oynes. However, other Rishonim, the Rajbah says, even if it was an Oynes, there's nothing to be afraid, because they couldn't blow. Rabbi Yitzhak is talking about they didn't blow Mitzvah Pshia, Mitzvah it's a negligence. It's a negligence. It's hard to understand what the Taisvis mean, the Balalachas Gdoilis mean. It was an oinus, and that's why they're going to have to blow at the end Mitzat Saras when it was an oinus. So the Taz explains beautifully that that's what he means that the fact that there was an oinus and they didn't blow is basically de- telling them that this year they have to shape up not to have anything negative uh, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Any year that is poor in the beginning will be wealthy at the end. What does this mean? Rashi says, "Sherasha b'tchilasa Yisrael oisin atzman Russian b'rosh Hashanah l'dabe tachanunim utfil l'kinyan shenem tachanunim yadabe rosh." Doesn't mean poor financially. It means that the Jewish people have a state of mind of a poor person on rosh Hashanah, meaning complete surrender, complete humility. A poor person has no pompousness, no arrogance, no ego. Everything is open. The heart is completely open because there's nothing. You know, you have no. Uh, no fanfare, no drama, no defense mechanisms. So that's the pshat, that a year when the Jewish people on Rosh Hashanah are completely open. Tachanunim yedabe rosh, the rush, the poor man speaks tachanunim, he beseeches. They will be wealthy at the end of the year. Shenemar, the Pesach says, Mereshis Hashanah, but Achri Hashanah. Mereshis Choskziv. It says Mereshis without an Aleph. Reishis without an Aleph could be read as Rush, not Rashi's beginning, but Rashi is from the word Rush, which means poverty. When you have Rashi Sashana, when you have Russian, a mindset of humility in the beginning of the year, then you'll have Acharis, a great end of the year. A person is not judged, never judged, only according to his deeds at that time. We judge a person based on now. Shanemar the Pasuk says, by Yishmael, his mother Hagar was crying when she saw that he may die from thirst. So the Malach says, why are you afraid? Don't be afraid. Ki shama eleikim el koil hanar ba'asher husha. Hashem has listened to the voice of the lad, ba'asher husham. Where he is. What's Pshat ba'asher husham? So Yitzchak is learning that Hashem was saying that we're judging Yishmael ba'asher husham, where he is today. Malachim was saying, look what his descendants are going to do to the Jewish people, terrible things. And he said, a person is judged, we look where the person is today, not where the person or his descendants might be in many years from now.
Now, what's the Shaila here? Agar. Huh? Agar. Ben Sayyid Ramayda. Yeah, Ben Sayyid Ramayda, right? Huh? Well, Amalek. Amalek right now. Amalek was in the future. Ben Sayyid Ramayda, the Chayda is a Stira. Ben Sayyid Ramayda, Rashi says, Nidain. Hashem Ha'asin, Hashem stole. He stole He stole some wine and ate some meat, so that's why he killed him? He has to have some criteria that, you, that he's doing already. Oh, so that's what you're saying. You're saying Yishmael was innocent. Yeah. Ben Sarah he already he's already going down. He's already going down the drain. He's already going down the tracks. It just didn't. Oh, Chedi saying Yishmael also wasn't innocent. Right? She saw that he's mitzachik. Chazal say that he was. He tried. To, actually, said he tried to kill Yitzchak and do other things. So that means Yishmael also wasn't innocent. So what's pshat? Okay, so you could say that the Ben Sided Omeida Yishmael didn't have that level of uh, of. Uh, they were speaking about his descendants, right? He himself wasn't on that level. The Ben Sided Omeida Lachayda started, but Lachayda Yishmael also. I mean, Rashi says that he uh, he tried to kill Yitzchak. That's pretty bad. Rashi right at that point, he was laying there, he wasn't doing anything. The reason why they had to say it's my because Hashem was sitting here, Oh, Shaloisa Shah, Rashi before. Shall I Afilu wasid Lashia Lachasman? You gotta judge that moment. Shinema Basheru Sham. Huh? For the past you get, not from the Usa. Past, yeah, but he's saying we don't do it for the future. Okay, so Ben Sarama has a past. No, you're not gonna kill it. Whatever he did is not so capital offense. Huh? Yeah. Shinema Basheru Sham. I don't understand. His children are going to kill your children through thirst. You give them, you give him a miraculous well. So Rashi says, meaning, the Jewish people were being exiled from the Eretz Yisrael by the Babylonians after the Churban of the Beis Hamikdash, and they said to their captors, bring us to the children of Yishmael, they're our relatives, they're going to help us. So the Bnei Yishmael took out salty, they gave them salty foods, and noidus nefuchim, barrels that were filled with ear, and they thought that's going to have water, so they ate all this salty food, and then they opened up these barrels which had just ear, and it went into them, and they, they died from thirst. Amar lahem Hashem, so you're going to save him? This is what his descendants are going to do. Amar lahem Hashem says, Hasha, tzadik or Russia? Right now, is he a tzadik or a Russia? Amrulay tzadik, right now he's a tzadik. Amar lahem ba'asher hu sham. Eni donis ha'olam ela b'shaitan. I judge the world only for its time, right now. So it seems from here that Yishmael was considered a tzaddik, so that would the pastors be the difference between him and the Ben Sayyid Ramayr, because the Ben Sayyid Ramayr, even though right now he didn't do everything to deserve this, but nonetheless he already started, he already, uh, he already started down the, this path. The Marsha makes a chilik and says that by Yishmael it wasn't him, it was his descendants, by the Ben Sayyid Ramayr it was, 
it was him. Another explanation is that you sh- another explanation is Fasemis says that the Ben Sayyid Omer is actually for his benefit. Rashi says, Yomus Zakav al Yomus Chayev. It's actually for his benefit. He should die innocent and not die and not die Chayev. I saw once there's a Shemish Shmuel who says a very interesting Torah. He says that the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that uh, Ben Sayyid Omer, the parents have to bring him to Besdin and endorse his death. They say he's not listening to us and this and and they, they give him lashes, and then he gets killed. So the Gemara says that Ben it never happened, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen. One of the reasons is, because the parents have to agree, they also have to have the same voice, it's very hard for it to happen. It's impossible, really. But the most important thing is they both have to agree that this son should die. Even if the father agrees, the mother doesn't agree, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And it says that even the last moment, if the father or the mother are moichel him, they forgive him, it's over. The oinish is over. If any one of them forgives him, it's done. Even the last second, they say, we're moichel, done. You can't kill him. So the Shemesh Shmuel asks, this is, he doesn't understand. Why do we punish a ben Sayyid or We punish a ben Sayyid not for what he did to his parents. What did he do? He stole money. He ate meat like a glutton. He drank wine like a, like a glutton. And he didn't listen to his father and mother. No, you don't get killed for that. It's not murder. You get this capital punishments. The pshat is, as we said, Nidin al-Shem Saifa. You're the title of Saif died. The way he's going, he's going to become a thief. He's going to become a murderer. So, Yamuzakim or Yamuzchayef, kill him now. Taita predicts he's going to be a murderer and he's anyway going to die. So, kill him before he kills others. Frek the Shem so you're not killing him for what he did to his parents. You're killing him for the fact that Hashem says that in 20 years or 10 years he's going to be a murderer. So how does it help that they're moichel him? If you're killing him because of what he did to his parents, so then he can be moichel. But since you're killing him for what he's going to do to a, a stranger, a murderer, it's just what he did to his parents is demonstrating the path where he's going. Now we would not be able to know that path. But the Rebbe Nishmael says, I'm telling you, it's, this is how it's going. It's inevitable. I'm not killing an innocent future. We're killing a, a destructive future. What does it help that they're Michael? You know what he answers? Shemeshmuel says, He says this, as follows. All tshuva in the world comes from the fact that every Jew has in him or her, the Koyach of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And because of that power, that soul of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, there's always a capacity for tshuva. In order to be able to have that connection with Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, you need to be connected to the chain of generations, which begins with your parents. He says, when parents cut off a child from their life, when they're not meichel him, it's not just they're not meichel him, they deprive him from the ability to be able to go back to his roots. Because of that, he won't do tshuva. If the parents are meichel, they keep the child close. They embrace the child. They allow that he's taka ben sayyiramayra. But they will make that, because of that, he will not become the murderer that he's, that he's inevitably going to become. It's because they're not meichel him. So they detach him from the link. And because they detach him from the link, he's going to become a murderer. That's what he says. Shemesh. Ah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shemir Shmuel was the Sochach of a Rebbe. His name was Shmuel Bornstein. Bornstein, he was the son of the Avni Nezer. 
Rebbe Avram Barnstein, who was the son-in-law of the Kotzke Rebbe. So he authored a sefer called Shemeshmur. That's what he says. No, according, according to this, according to this, there's a difference between Yishmal and and and, and the Ben Sari Ramayra. Because the Ben Sari Ramayra, Avram Avinu was Michael Yishmal. It says in Pirkei that Abelazer that Avram Avinu went to visit Yishmal. There's a whole medrash that he went to visit him, and he and he wasn't home. His wife was home. Her name was Patima. Patima. In, in, in Islam today, there's, uh, Patima is a very a very important name. Yishmal married a girl named Patima, and she wasn't he wasn't home. And, but she hosted him, and she was very, very hospitable to him. And it made Avram feel very good. He said that I says, he sees that his son, uh, his son uh, retained uh, the traditions of his father. And Rashi says that Yishmael did shuva at the end. Yishmael even let Yitzchak at the Leviah before him, even though he was older, because Yishmael did shuva. So not only was Avram Meichelim, Avram was Makar of him. So the, the, the whole Ben Sarah doesn't apply. Ben Sarah means they're not Michalim. They're throwing him away. Of course he won't do tshuva. For his benefit, Yom Uzzakrava, Yom Uzzchayev. It's not like Yishmael. Basher Husham. So you take a look, Basher Husham. But here there's a, there's a bright future in potential. Does, does that mean yeah. it's a... Uh, 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 it's not a bit of evidence. The Gemara says it never happened, it's never going to happen. But it's still saying that that's real, that Allah is that the they shouldn't be Michael, they should be a Ben like this. No, no, nobody says that. Nobody says that parents shouldn't be Michael. That's Achzarius. Under this, no. these criteria. Nobody says that. No, of course not. The Gemara says, so why does the Torah say these halachas if it's pointless, if it's not going to happen? The answer is, Diroish v'kabal schar. Learn it to get rewards. So the Pshim Shem Rafal Hirsch writes, Diroish v'kabal schar. Give me something else to learn. <laughs> so he says, you have to learn this to get schar. So he says a beautiful taich. When it says Diroish v'kabal schar, it means learn this parsha, and you will be rewarded with a perspective on education. Learn this parsha, Diroish I don't need you to learn this parsha to send your kid to be killed. I need you to learn this parsha so you should learn the fundamentals of education. For example, one of the halachs of Ben Sayyidina is, Einenu Shemeya Bekoileinu. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. So Bekoileinu, the Gemara says, that the father and the mother have to have the same voice. Now, where do you have that? Unless they're twins. Even twins. And if they're twins, you can't marry them. <laughs> a brother and a sister, are not, a brother and a sister not allowed to marry each other. So where are you going to have a father and a mother that have the same coil? It's impossible. So therefore there's no Ben Sarir So Rav Shemshin Rafal Hirsch writes, he says, this is an example of Dresh V'Kabal Often you have a marriage where there's two voices in the house. Not just physical voices. Moral voices. The father says one thing. The mother says the opposite. Sometimes the mother says the opposite because the father said the opposite. Sometimes the father said because the mother. Even if not, there's just disharmony. There's a lot of contention in the house. He says, then you can't call the child a ben sari ramayr. You can't call him a rebellious child. He grew up in a home where there was no harmony. Only if their voices are identical. In other words, it was a holistic home. Then you could say he's a rebellious child. If not... Don't attribute it to the child. So this is one of the examples where you learn the parsha. Another example is what we just said that the ben sariyamayda only gets punished if they don't forgive him because they detach from him. This is the shemeshmol. That's why people sometimes think 
that uh, sometimes they have children and there's a lot of challenges in the house, they throw the child out of the house. They say that they roll, they can't ruin the rest of the house and and uh, they have to show the child uh, tough, t- tough love. But the truth is that 99% of cases are a terrible mistake. You have to know how to deal with other children, there's no question, it's a problem. But to throw a child out of the house is one of the worst mistakes. Because what you do is you actually cut them off and you almost guarantee that they won't come back. If you continue holding on tight to them, then there's a lot, a lot of hope with the right perspective, with the right nurture, with the right perspective, that you will not detach them from who they are. That's what the Shem Shmuel teaches already a hundred years ago. Tofresh Ayin Dalad, I think. They don't forgive him. So basically, the Shalshelis of Avram Mitzvah and Yaakov, they sever him from the Shalshelis. Yeah, because his connection child. to Avram Mitzvah and Yaakov because is through them. They say, you're not my child, you're well, a stranger. The connection is still there. I mean, yes, but the emotional connection is gone. And that's why the word Vayimayim has a Shalshelis. Why does it have a Shalshelis? Because what gave Yosef the power to refuse was the sense of the shalshalas, the chain that he had to Yaakov and back. I don't think it's much the same. I mean, a yeshiva has to obviously, you know, figure out first of all, what's best for this child, and also how it's going to affect other children. They have a responsibility also to other children. That's true. Sometimes houses are like a yeshiva, they have too many children. But if you brought this child into the world, I don't think you're allowed to throw him out of a house. The, the way is, you have to make a meeting with all the other children, and you have to put them all, you have to, not on notice, you have to turn them all into shluchim for this child. You have to empower them. That this child, Let's say Khalila, a child has cancer, or a child has another disease, or a child can't walk, or there's special children. Yeah, All the children have to suffer. They could suffer sometimes. And it's a very challenging, it's a challenging situation, there's no question. But what parents have to do is they have to mobilize all the children to say, we're in this together. And you who have been blessed, you're going to help us. We're going to be a team to help this person. Children are very, very smart. And children are very, very perceptive. The problem is we lie, we cover up. When you, when you explain to children what's going on, you have a child who suffered from trauma, let's say abuse. A lot of these kids suffered abuse or molestation. And you have to explain to these children that this kid is going through a very, very, very hard time. And therefore his diet is going to be different. Yeah? The schedule is going to be... Everything is going to be different about him. Sadly, he's not capable of more. He's not capable. He's a bedridden patient. Sometimes it's a physical disease and sometimes it's an emotional disease. Yeah. Trauma is very serious. So what happens then is you turn all the children into shluchim, into, into leaders, into leaders. They all become leaders and then they're not affected by it or they become actually more powerful. A challenge it is, but to throw out this child from the house under an ordinary, under, under even difficult circumstances is usually 
very counterproductive. Extremely counterproductive. I went to one of Avi Fischoff's uh, uh, seminars for a Sunday. So there was a Satma couple there who live in Williamsburg. And their, uh, their child... Their child uh, left Yiddishkeit, but didn't just leave. He left with a vengeance, and for many years already. Okay, so his his path, as you know, some of you probably know, is very, very extreme in this way. He says, once children hit a certain point where there's no return, you have to, mamash go amasiris nefesh, to embrace them. And do things that you would never do. Because they are so traumatized, they're so sick, that to have any expectations of them in terms of Shabbos, Yamulka, Kashros, this behavior in the house, he says is completely unrealistic. He says they're too sick. Unfortunately, 98% of them have been molested, many of them for years. They're pushed sick. Sadly, they are emotionally traumatized and ill. They don't even have a pchir. They don't have pchir. They're pushed they're sick. Mamash anoynas. Okay. And in many situations, he's absolutely right. Maybe in all situations, but certainly in most situations that I know. <laughs> so he told his parents to uh, in Williamsburg to buy him an eighty inch, what they, to, to find out what he wants and and to get it for him. He wanted an eighty inch uh, plasma. What is it called? An eighty inch uh, yeah. Yeah. screen. Yeah, in Williamsburg. The, the woman is telling me, the mother is telling me the story in her and her Yiddish, and uh, she's explaining to me what she did. Said, wow, that's, that's fascinating. So what we did for our child? He couldn't believe it. He could not believe it. He came home one day, they wrote a letter apologizing that they never saw his pain, they never felt it. He went through a lot. He was really abused as a kid. And they got on the screen, and he was like, he was just overwhelmed. He was so moved. Gave his mother a kiss, gave his father a kiss, having given them a kiss in years. This happened six months before the seminar. She says he still goes out a whole night. Goes to party till five in the morning and their stomachs turn over. But every single night before he leaves, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, she bakes cookies. Every day she bakes fresh cookies. She gives him the cookies in aluminum foil or a plastic bag. She says, here you'll have some good cookies for you and your friends. And her husband goes to the door, gives him a hug and says, listen, my cell phone is open. Any point in the night you need something, you need a lift for you or your friends, you call me. She says, they have a next door neighbor. Same thing. He also leaves. They actually hang out together. And he leaves every night and the parents scream. They scream at him. His father screams at him and hollers at him. He says almost every night he turns around, he picks up one of his fingers to his father, and he uses two words that I shouldn't repeat, even not on video, certainly on video. Every night. Every single night. It's like the same thing. Lifts up his finger, says two words to his father. His father curses him out. Mother cries, runs to the kitchen. Huh? Their neighbor, their neighbor. And uh, so she tells me, and she says now it's six months later. And he now comes to every single Shabbos meal. Every single Shabbos he comes to the meal and he started to keep Shabbos. And recently he started to put on tefillah. So here you have one extreme and you have another extreme. That's what the Shem Shmuel says. If parents can't forgive a child for all the pain that the child caused them, they're ultimately guaranteeing that the pain will continue forever. 
paradoxically, by not letting go of the pain, we guarantee its eternity. By letting go and forgiving the child and understanding that he also went through some hard times, maybe even worse than the parents, we let the child actually be reunited with the parents. It's a very powerful observation because it's counterintuitive. You see, what do you mean? That? He's a low life with this kid. That he embarrassed the whole mishpacha. He destroyed our reputation. He destroyed the shidduchim of all of his sisters. He destroyed. What do you mean, be meichel? How can I be meichel? I have eleven kids who are destroyed because of him. How can I be meichel? Fakert, you're, you're, you're being righteous. He's, he's an oichi yisro, he's a pashe yisro, he eats chaza barabim. Yom Kippur, he smokes in front of the shul and a gate matrixes. What do you mean I should be moichel? How can I be moichel? So we hold on to that. Of course, we always say it's because of God, it's not personal. Okay, that's what we all do. But what you're doing is actually you're making sure that he'll never do tshuva. He can't. Because you, the, the emotional pain distances you from him. On the other hand, if you could be moichel, what's up moichel? What's Pshat Moichel? Moichel means that you can accept, you can understand that people are on journeys, and sometimes it's difficult, it's complicated. And what if this kid was molested? It's really not his fault. Molestation plays with the brain. It destroys you. Some of some people sitting in this room know what I'm talking about. It destroys your brain forever. I don't know forever, but for years and decades you have to deal with it. So it's the kid's fault. The kids, the people go to addiction because they have to numb the pain. So it, it causes pain to parents, but I have to be able to appreciate, to embrace the bigger picture. And then I get rid of the negative energy. I let go of this emotional distance that I created between me and my child. And paradoxically, my child can actually, because I tolerate him, he can actually change, he can actually grow. The word mechila, the maral says, comes from the word machal, which means a dance, a circle. By being moichel, you bring him back into the mochel, into the dance of Knesset Yisrael. Asna Kodesh Baruch Hu at Tzaddikim. You bring him back into the circle. You throw him out, there's no mechila. He's not part of the mochel anymore. You make sure he stays out of the circle. He's not part of the chain. There's a shalshelis, it goes from Avram Avinu, through Mashiach. You, take, you throw him out of the chain. This maskim Everything. What about a soft landing for this kid? Instead of getting thrown out into the street, he goes into the pan, into the Zadie and the, and the Bubby's house. That's good, but the main thing is he should not feel that he's being thrown under a bus. Zadie's and Bubby's house may be a wonderful alternative. It's quiet if Bubby is nurturing and not obsessive. Yeah. Not that and maybe he may be explained that you read. Perhaps. It may be. All alternatives should be considered. But to lock a door and say, you're not coming into my house. In most circumstances. I'm not saying in all circumstances, you know, if the kid is, uh, sometimes you have a child who's, uh, who physically could be, vi- whatever, you know, could be physically dangerous. I mean, there are exceptions. We're not talking about that. We're talking about he's thrown out of the house because he's not accommodating the the, the traditions or the culture of the house. It, it's certainly difficult. It's not. Uh, it's a big nisayan. It's a big nisayan. But that's that's a nisayan. Nisayan means you have to rise to the occasion. I can't. Uh, I can't be mafka my child because I'm having a nisayan.
there was a suicide recently in Yerushalayim, a kid. So Avi Fisher told me there was a little background behind it. His brother had a bar mitzvah that night. And he came to the bar mitzvah dressed like a cowboy. Cowboy hat, torn jeans, you know, exposed in some areas, a new tattoo, whatever he had. I mean, he was dressed for the occasion perfectly. So the real Yerushalayim family, you know, Echti Yerushalayim, walks into the bar mitzvah. They look at him. His father and his brothers go over to him and say, don't embarrass us here. You get out. You go dress like a mensch. You get rid of all your mishagasin and come back. You can come to the Bar He went home and he killed himself. They didn't, of course, mean to do that. They just, they were horribly embarrassed, you know. I'm not judging them, but he, he it was like his, he had no place in the world anymore. It's, it's very sad, huh? It's probably not the first time that it's yeah, but the bar mitzvah was like you know the straw. The culmination. You know, it was the yeah, culmination. It wasn't the. Like there was a lot of. He wanted to come to the. Fa- he wanted to come to. His, he probably loved his brother. Probably this. You know, a thirteen-year-old kid. You're not upset at. He probably had a special relationship with his brother, and this was. Uh, he had a and there was another family. Another family. This was in New York and Flatbush. A similar story, and. Uh, and Fisher told me that he was at that bar mitzvah. And he saw this kid come in also dressed completely. How knocked he came in. Completely inappropriately. And uh, his father went over to him and gave him a big hug. And said, thank you so much for coming to the bar mitzvah. And he says, Fisher sat down with this boy because he knows him. And they were schmoozing for an hour. And after an hour, the boy looks at Fisher and says, Do you think I'm dressed appropriately for this bar mitzvah? He says, I think so. I think so. He's like, really? I don't think so. I should go change. And he goes and changes and comes back. <laughs> you understand? He's talking to him for an hour. He says, you think I'm dressed appropriately for this bar mitzvah? He's like, yeah, of course, you're perfect. You fit perfect. He didn't even want to say you're not dressed appropriately. And then the kid on his, he said, what happened? They're not, they're not respond, they're responding from kavanah. There's a deep kavanah here. I'm getting dressed. He's in his own world. He's in his own zone. By having that closeness, he actually became a little more healthy. He actually looked at himself, he looked at him and he said, you know what, maybe I should change. Oh, no kidding. And he went, he put on a white shirt, he put on black pants, and he came back and said, well, I thought that was marvel- marvelous. Two responses. No. Which kid is going to come back to Yiddishkeit? You know the answer. That's the difference between Yishmal and the Ben Sayyid Ramadi. Yishmal had a good father. He had a normal father. Huh? Shmuel did come back. Shmuel did tshuva, and that's even Yishmol before Matan Torah. Yishmol was not a Jew. That's even Yishmol. Kol shekein a Yiddish and a Shama, a chelik of a Kamimal. After Matan Torah, of one of a is a whole different story. This class is brought to you by the Yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.